Hello everybody, we're back again and this week we are going to be finding some fantastic fantasy figures amongst historical giants in our Indie of the Week. Checking out the Dead Zone Containment Protocols for 3rd edition and picking our favourite parts of the mini stravaganza of Atomic Mass games. Not only that, but one lucky subscriber will pick up a copy of Kill Team Octarius from store.ontabletop.com. To be in with a chance to win, you just need to be a subscriber to the channel, but if you can, Give us a thumbs up, share it around with your friends, and hit that bell button to be notified whenever we release something new onto the channel. But right now, sit back and relax as we take a tour through the gaming world, because your weekend starts now. Hello everybody, we're back once again for another weekend's worth of fun-filled news and adventure for all your tabletop gaming goodness. I'm joined this week by Justin and Ben. Hello. With big gaps on the side <laughs> screen, it's so weird. That's all right, I, I can just embiggen Ben. That's all right, we're just make me twice as big, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, just just, just slowly, slowly uh, scaring off everybody else around us. <laughs> way of going for it don't worry they will Very be back sure. yeah they will not be. this week yeah. they're, they're having a rest yes so we we don't get one yeah but, they're on a, a vacation before we kick off uh with the show and the most important part of the week uh we have a couple of updates update mm. the first is a video has gone out this week of six more vodka mm. and a interview i have with the uh Liam about to genesis I was going to say to Genesis about Liam. That would be <laughs> weird and different. He's and suddenly the role-playing game plays you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you haven't seen it already, we featured them as an end of the week ooh, months ago. Mm. And then I got a chance to sit down with Marco and Erwin uh, to talk about the, the business side of Six More Vodka. This unfortunately doesn't contain any interesting nuggets about business acumen and practices uh, and is unfortunately just about the books the story oh, the no. world and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing so yes, and show, showing off just how pretty pretty the actual physical books are yeah mm. um yeah. so if you're interested in seeing more about degenesis uh there's ooh, 42 minutes worth of goodness there mm -hmm. um where you can see a bit about what's going on what's happening and yeah. uh i believe Liam will be playing a game with us when he gets back from germany Very at awesome. some point so nice. we should have one on camera as well yeah. dibs on playing a judge <laughs> uh, if you if you uh if you missed out on the first interview by the way that is linked down there as well so you can go and check that out and also there's a link in there for you to go and check out the um the indie of the week section where jerry delved lovingly into their range of wonderful books and digital content i was like it, scrooge mcduck in his money bin <laughs> yes yes except it was a, a digital dive into all of the things they have on their website from timelines to all the main rule books being free to download as pdf or jerry just going no no i don't want pdf i don't want digital i want physical it's i gotta was, say it was very nice hot garbage yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can read stuff on the screen. It's terrible. <laughs> get a book. Get, get one of these books. Oh, that's uh, see, I, I have to admit, my mum got me a Kindle paperback recently, and I have kind of been liking it for novels. 
you know, for the longest time, I was just like, no, can't read off a tablet. Actually, it's kind of okay. Don't get the book smell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so weird. I know. You need anyway. to get one of you need like a spray that you can put onto a, a tablet that you can go, ah, new book smell. Yeah, so I just, no, it's uh, it's like old school TV, the scratch and sniff cards. Just, <laughs> oh, yes. It's one for Yankee candles to come up with then. Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New book smell. Anyway, that's not the only thing uh, we've mm. been looking at this week, Ben. Mm. You've been taking a, a look at quarantine. Yeah. So uh, Quarantine 37 is the first big expansion, proper big book expansion for Stargrave, which is now available for you to go and pick up from the folks over at Osprey Games. Uh, We sort of went through and did like a little bit of a a first impressions on the book. Um, It's really good. Mm. Who would be? Who would have thought it? You know, from from Joseph Shocked. McCullough. Eh? Um, it's it's got some really awesome campaigns in there for you to follow through with your friends. Uh, two sort of like big narrative ones that kind of flow into each other. One of them deals with like um, plague zombies, and the other one deals with big space bugs, which is very nice. So you can get your alien on, which is very cool. Mm. Uh, and then there's also a separate campaign in there, which is all about solo play as well. So you can go in and dive that, dive in and give that a go. Also comes with a couple of things in there, sort of like tweak it to be cooperative as well, if you prefer to approach it from that. Um, it was pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, so first impressions are up there, sort of looking through the, the book and talking about all the things that I enjoyed about it. Um, go and check it out. Get like a little bit of a sneak preview of it before perhaps going to pick it up from Osprey Games yourself. Mm. Um, very awesome stuff. And it paves the way for a lot more excellent um, additions to Stargrave in the future from McCullough. So, yeah, yeah. See, so I'm, I'm not sure how their campaign in the book plays out for the, the zombies, but I kind of want to just play a group of prisoners doing a breakout, trying not to get infected. You could easily do that. Um, there are some really fun things in there just to sort of like go back. So there's totally rules in there for being infected mm-hmm. and your opponent can like roll a dice to make you infected uh-huh. uh, in, in, in future games, which is very cool. And then you become a zombie going around and infect uh-huh. everyone else. And there's also a new set of soldiers in the, in the, the book yeah. called the ravaged. So they're people that have survived the, um, the plague, the infection. Uh, and so I've now become sort of like wasted versions of themselves and you can use them as part of your crew. Mm. Um, so you could put together like an almost like ghoulish force led by a captain who's probably either very nice or has realized they work for a lot less money than other people. So mm. I see. I, I, I just imagine Jerry landing on a planet, just opening the cargo bay doors going, well, my work here is done. <laughs> I know. Why not? Just and then push you off a tower. Push, yeah. Push <laughs> If they didn't want me to push them off, why would they be standing near the edge of something high? <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a great little book. I think anybody who's got Stargrave is almost undoubtedly going to pick that up anyway. Very much so, um, yeah. Because of the new soldiers and, and bits and bobs in it. Even if you don't plan on playing through, how yeah. weird would that be if you don't plan on playing through a, a zombie slash bug infestation? I also yeah. like the fact that he has set it up that it can be either or, so. It's quite good. My sedition war models may finally make it onto the tabletop. Yeah. yeah. Well, There's well, an old callback. Wow. I tell you what, nobody expected them. No. <laughs> Much like the Spanish Inquisition. Oh. But anyway, so that's two of many updates that are kicking around on tabletop at the moment. Uh, if you fancy going over there and having a browse around, I'm sure you'll find umpteen other things um, oh, that yes. you may not have come across. There's a big death stomp of a smoking light somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, well. it's very fancy. Public this week. <laughs> and yeah, then Jerry, yeah. or sorry, John has been painting Fenrir from Mythic Battles Ragnarok. So yeah, plenty to be looking at. But for now, we're going to move on and take a look at our Indie of the Week. Ooh. And this week, we're going big, but small. 
big, <laughs> historical, but fantasy, but small, but big. Um, <laughs> because I've decided to force First Legion uh, upon the world. And I first discovered them when I was looking for models for statues. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, yeah. Um, because the majority of their stuff is large-scale historic. So 60 mil, well, 60, 75, 40 mil, I think there was even 90s at one stage, mm-hmm. um, of a whole host of things. But then they started doing fantasy figures and fantasy figures in 28 mil Ooh. for the purposes of people who play role-playing games. Sorry, I just sicked up in my mouth a little. With miniatures. <laughs> However, uh, the nice thing is they are, A, an absolute dream as far as 28mm character models go. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, they're made in resin, so every bit of detail that you see on the renders is captured. Um, and let's just get stuck into them, to be brutally honest. I really uh, want to be said. Yeah. So we uh, start off with our characters themselves, so you have various character models, paladins, magicians, barbarians, um, necromancers. And they range from the sort of the, the classic tropes. So if you are a Pathfinder or a D&D fan, you'll be able to see all of these. So as you can see here, we have a female warrior with a spear. Um, very cool. Rocking a moderate set of armor in a very <laughs> fantasy way. I don't know. There, there, there are still some like vital areas left unarmored. But, you know, it's a stylistic choice. Think how much lighter is the male armor. Yeah. And by male, I mean gender, not rings. Both would be heavier. They have to wear so much more plate to get the same armor class in Mm. (laughs) RPGs. Go figure. Uh, Speak of the devil. Uh, We'll have a look at this one here. So this is Blessed Paladin, Mm. allegedly. Discuss. And again. I like that you've got the two head options there. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I always say, like a cowled head for a paladin. Yeah, yeah. Me he too. feels more paladin-y, and this mm-hmm. fellow down here feels more like a dark paladin. Yeah, yeah. some kind of black knight. Yeah. I it like is. the idea that you could almost do that as kind of like a level-up thing as well. I mean, I know like a helmet doesn't necessarily mean that you've leveled up to level 10 yeah. or something, but mm-hmm. you could have him with the helm, the, the hood to begin with and then sort of do it either magnetized or just have two figures yeah. uh, and just repaint it or, you know, then add the head on later to sort or, of get the helmet into the mix. So Here's a thought. If you're using him and you want to have more than one of his type in something like, say, Frostgrave, mm-hmm. if you want to use him as like the leader and the apprentice, the leader can have the helmet oh, on, yeah, the apprentice yeah. is going bareheaded. Clearly, That's the apprentice cool. will, you know, survive better because he's showing his face. <laughs> oh, there's another head option. Let me see if Ooh. I can. Is there? If I can make this work. Ah. Oh, uh-huh. very nice. Me like he. He looks a bit like Slain. Uh huh. He does a little bit. I really like that one massive axe. Yeah, yeah. yeah the... It's got kind of like classic fantasy, but then some sort of like bolted on slightly more. Epicy stuff, especially with kind of like the rivets on bits and pieces of the mm. arm and things. It's very nice. You see, even the sword's a bit more historical. It's a, a true uh, Zweihander. So the German two-handed great sword. So you can beat people to death with it, with this, with the side. But you see, and you don't even swing at them. You just let it <laughs> fall on top of their head. That's one way of doing it. Or you, can, you can hit them upside yeah. the head with the uh, cross guard like a pick. Yeah, hand and a half sword kind of thing. Very cool. Sweet to the beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from our paladin, what else have I opened here? Oh, I've opened the massive barbarian. Of course. Barbarian. 
screaming Leroy barbarian. Jenkins into the middle of the dungeon. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is just a screaming barbarian. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you would expect to see when yeah. somebody goes, I want to play a barbarian on the tabletop. Yes, yes, yes. yes. You were very on. Less than the fantasy warrior. Yeah, you were very on point when you were saying that it kind of looks at a lot of those sort of like classic tropes of fantasy because that oh, is that kind of iconic Arnold Schwarzenegger style oh, barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people model things off in the artwork and stuff. Yeah, isn't it? So, yeah. You just yeah. imagine him standing there going, "And if you do not listen to hell with you," yeah. <laughs> and then he um, punches a cow. <laughs> I see him on the front cover of any of the Conan books. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Going back nuts at all the enemies <laughs> around him. Oh yeah. With that huge wolf-headed. Uh, some dragon-headed or wolf-headed? It, it, yeah. No, it's wolf-headed. It, it's got to be magical. It's too ornate to be just normal. Well, clearly, he's, cool. he's been through a dungeon or two already. Yeah. And everybody's oh, like favourite, a thief in a shadow. Mm-hmm. Little rogue. And that the stitched nature, they do feel like they are just, you know, poor. It, it almost looks like sackcloth. Yeah. Just with yeah. the texturing they did on it, which is very, very nice. I like the set of thieves tools you've got attached to the belt as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because you don't normally see that attached to things. And then he's yeah. got the crowbar, crowbar when the, well. the lock, lock yeah. just doesn't open. And just a <laughs> tiny shiv. If the lock doesn't open or if the baker wakes up in the middle of the night and you're robbing his place, either way, it has a job to do and he will do that job. Mm-hmm. I like how he's got um Yeah, he's got like a little mask on. Yeah. Mm. Masking his face so you don't know who's who's killed you up. Yes. He 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 is up to some shitty stuff. Yeah. Also has that sort of feel that it's like his his cowl and cape and clothing. The stuff he goes thieving in has been homemade. Yeah. Like he didn't like he didn't want anybody tracing him. I don't want to go and buy my stuff from the local tailor because people go, has anybody <laughs> yes. bought a load of black silk recently? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 M- Mr. McCabe, why have you been buying so many black clothes recently? Reasons. Well, I've certainly haven't been beating a baker around the head with <laughs> none of that. Uh but yeah, it's uh Bingo back. Where are we? Oh, so far back to you. Yeah. We thought I'd opened so many already. Well, me, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. But apart from that, we also have some uh oh, oh female characters goblin, as well. Goblin thief as well. Yeah. Can That's we get cool. the, the female warrior with three weapon options and head variants? Uh, oh because that's God. nice. Making me open things. Yes, yeah, like a good, you do the a work good wizard in a big hat. Abscesses mm. the wizard. Yeah. He he has got a big hat, hasn't he? Yes. I wonder who he's based on. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, well, I mean, the grey wizard from Talisman is the correct answer. Of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Although he is rocking some form of dwarven sword, just from the 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 style of it. I like yeah. that he was gifted that. He, he didn't. He definitely didn't steal it. No, 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 no. Clearly, <laughs> he wasn't walking through going, "Oh, that's nice. I'll have that." Doesn't need to steal things. People just give him stuff. He just walks in the town and goes, you know. <laughs> and then they go why would we give you stuff you're speaking a lot of shit for somebody whose house is so flat <laughs> <laughs> good point abacus the wizard please have this fine sword thank you peasant bye she's just a wizard i would be <laughs> gandalf would not have been taking hobbits yeah it just got one of the eagles to pick frodo up and just drop him <laughs> straight in there bam done dusted none of this walking yeah. nonsense anyway which we look? Who else have we got? Goblin thief. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah, female goblin thief. Mm. What's really cool about I, I think especially over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of people looking towards playing a lot more kind of like monster class, traditionally monster classes yeah. as player mm-hmm. classes, 
So having things like this is really cool because you can kind of take them away from just being conniving little evil Egypts yeah. and instead turn them into player characters, which is really nice. Well, so. See, we may have recently adopted slash kidnapped the goblin who joined our party, who's an NPC. Of course you did. <laughs> no, our, our... Do, do you make them walk in front of you to check for traps on the end of a rope? Yes. Uh, well, actually, you see, he's very, very focused with food. So that's how we're keeping him in line. So oh, it's just, okay. you know, it's a piece of rotten meat on a stick held out in front, gets him going. Wow. Wow. You know, just you <laughs> use it like a cat toy. I like this, the nice little touches here. So she's clearly a, an adept thief because she has a whole bunch of rings on one yeah, of her fingers, all, all of her fingers there. Where she's been like, well, I've pilfered that. I'll keep it. Oh, look, <laughs> that, that, nice. that happens to fit. We're not selling that. Mm. I like the idea that they thieve just because they like to thieve and they're not actually making any money over keep everything they thieve. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't need to buy stuff. I don't need to sell stuff because I don't need to buy stuff because I just steal everything I need. Bam. What did you I, get from that man's house? A box of buttons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why, why, why were you stealing from the butcher? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Open gunfighter. Wow. That's, a, that's an odd one. It's like quickly down under. Mm. Oh, uh, you just imagine him sounding like Mick Dundee. You call that a knife? <laughs> just, it's an impressive set of mutton chops on him as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like. It's almost got kind of like a like a Red Dead kind of thing oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably exactly where it's come from. Actually. Especially with the bandolier and the yeah. the mutton yeah. chops and the hat. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. very nice. Very. Cool. I like that. I imagine that's not a six shooter. I imagine that's just a, a like a flintlock pistol type thing. That's how yeah. I'd rule it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he'd be like a goblin explorer kind of thing. Yeah. I see. And it doesn't belong in a museum. It belongs in his house. <laughs> that's the way you use things. Very much so. It's just like that's, that's a nice bank you've got there. Do you want to give him the money out of it? <laughs> and here you want to see this? Yeah, I'm curious about this one because that's a very, very nicely designed female warrior. Mm. So that's her standard. Mm-hmm. Got like a nice, cool fighting stance to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I can, yes, do clever thingy things. Ooh. Find the render. Uh-huh. Oh, does that make the last one disappear completely? That's terrible. I like that. That's a really beautiful character. Mm. I like the fighting stance. That's mm-hmm. top knotty. As if she's kind of like knocked the sword down away from someone. She's going for like a lunge, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. Because that's the thing with a lot of the sort of like with DD style fantasy miniatures, you kind of want them to be more often than not in fighting poses because when you're mm-hmm. using them on the table they're often used in the combat scenarios rather than just the exploratory stuff so mm-hmm. you want them to look like they're actually you know in the midst of a battle with a goblin or an orc yeah. or something so well it's that or they're having some very serious negotiations with the quest giver <laughs> so front mm-hmm. back oh cool the armored nice. kit is really nice i like the studded kilt mm-hmm. yeah it's good yeah and those are your variations. So oh, double daggers or, or like a bulge of, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, if I was getting one, this is it. It's a very cool character. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I've been reading so much Wheel of Time at the moment. All I can see is Matt's, what's it? You used to call it the Asher and Die <laughs> quarter staff with a big. I blade, wonder what made you top. Watch, uh, read a lot of Wheel of Time, Jerry. I have no idea. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No idea. Anyway, moving those are fabulous. Yes, because yeah. there's quite a lot of um, 28 mil stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So where do you want to go next? I'm curious well, about the ogres and trolls. 
Well, if we open ogres, trolls, mm. dwarves, and elves, I think would be a cool one. Yeah. So, Although their orcs kind of look badass too. Basically, what we're saying is everything. Yeah, the, no, just, no just, just like the classic fantasy races. Well, we'll start with the ogres. Wow. So this, you have a few plus dragons. dragons. There be oh, dragons. Snuck, snuck in at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Seven, Ralph seven, Dar- $70 for a wow. dragon is not bad. Ralph Dar Hill Crusher. What a cool name for a dragon. Well, they also have giants. Yeah, Frost Frost Hill. That's a really nice-looking stone giant. Oh, wow. I'm digging the swamp troll though, with all the boils on his belly. Mm. Oh, Boily so belly swamp troll. It's not to be confused with the Serengeti swamp, don't <laughs> <laughs> Which is something different, something else entirely. Yeah, I'm, I'm always worried whenever Jerry says something and I don't know what it is because it's just like, do I need to hide that? Do I not? Do I let it? In? Oh, no, no, no. Like, oh. oh, I do oh, like a good dragon. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. And again, in like a fighting pose, yeah. which is cool. So it's, a, it's about to like bring its claw down on someone and crush them. No, it, nice. it, it's standing there going, no heroes, don't go in that cave. There's no treasure in there. I swear. <laughs> trying to see if it gives you scale appropriate things anywhere. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to work out just how big it is. Yeah. I I'm sure yeah. it's pretty hefty. I would hypothesize that a hero was probably about up to the top of its foot. Perhaps. Well, there are little skulls yeah. at the feet. Yeah. Um, to give you yeah. an idea of the scale. But yeah. 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 So basically, your hero is going to be up to just about the top of its ankle. Oh, but that one as well. Good wingspan. Okay. Yeah. And lots of detail built into the wings and the back as well. So when you're yeah. doing your washes and dry brushes and things, your, your, oh, yeah. your paintbrush is going to pick that up, which is yeah. cool. It's going to come up an absolute treat. Although, what would you do? A red dragon, black dragon, green dragon? Ooh. With it being called Hill Crusher, I'd do it as a green dragon, mm. I think. All Good the call. acid damage. Yeah. Good call. Mm. So look, that's oh. our. They that have is went very nice. Yeah, they have went to town on the details on this stuff. That is they very see, impressive. Because these guys do like a fair range of different bits mm. and pieces, but I, th- I think this would be quite nice for sort of mixing into games like Kings of War or Oathmark. Oh God, I yeah. think these would be like perfect for that because you get these as kind of like a centerpiece figure or something and yeah. use those to sort of differentiate it from all the other people that have got like the plastic giants and that kind of thing out there. Mm. That'd be nice. So. I mean, de- definitely, if if you're doing any game that's just like miniatures agnostic and is just going to let you throw in whatever you like, this is definitely somewhere to come and check out. So. Yeah. You know, and even if you want to do like scenarios like your party is going giant hunting, you know, just playing role playing games, you okay, Jerry? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. Uh, just looking at all the pretty pretties. This looks awesome. What is he holding? He's chomped like a big some, fish. fish. Some kind of an yeah. eel, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice touch. I like it whenever they do small eclectic things to a sculpt like that. Mm. He's also scratching his ass. <laughs> What's well, because the hitch? It's because the heroes have li- have literally just interrupted him while he's having lunch, and then they brutally murder him and steal all his gold. And all he was doing was sitting there having some food. So, yeah, yeah. murder <laughs> hobo wink. Yeah, that's what they're all about. That's nice. Yeah, it's lovely, cool. though, yeah. yeah, and I, I like the way his armor blends into his body. Mm-hmm. It's got a very natural feel to it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of like he's he's stolen lots of pieces of his accessories and things from boats mm-hmm. and other things that have been 
sort of yeah. dragged down into the murk. Oh, so he's 74 millimetres tall. So that gives us an idea if the trolls are 74 okay. mil. Yeah. You can imagine the dragons even. Well, yeah. yeah. Be. Wow. Yeah. As you say in France. <laughs> oh, I'm very impressed. That is really nice. Yeah. And then an ogre. He looks, he looks like he's part walrus. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> like that, that is an impressive tash. Yeah, he's got the whiskers for sure. Slightly like leaning more into the kind of the hunter look and yeah. the aesthetic from Warhammer as well there, which is nice. So you mm-hmm. could use that as kind of like a stand-in for something like Ninth Age or something as well, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And that says 60 millimetres tall for that one. So, yeah. Ogres nice. are some big boys. Mm-hmm. Just seeing what he has around his back. Mm. Oh, open that. <laughs> I like that we have these mystery moments. <laughs> where Jerry's it's, open from surprise. It's, it's because every time I open a new image, it closes uh, the window that allows right, me to okay. open the new images. So uh, opening and closing and opening and closing. It's it's uh, uh, we see. beautifully laid out. So front. I mean, yeah, very cool. Bottom. Awesome. I love the, the, the skull on the back. Yeah, it's very Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And... There's the resin version, almost 70 mil tall. Wow. That again, that's fairly chunky. Yeah. yeah. Even for a no-grower. What's quite nice as well, especially when you start to see a lot more of these kind of finished resin versions of the mm. miniatures, because obviously when you paint something, you can kind of hide mistakes that come through with, with the sculpt. Mm-hmm. But I, I like seeing the bare resins because it means that they actually do look like the renders. Yeah. So that's one of the things that you often get as like a complaint from people is that, oh, it's not, is it going to look like that when I actually the, get it? Yeah. The, but the I like it looks fantastic, but yeah. the final quality of the cast or the, the build isn't mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Like and it, it's, it's seeing even some of the more subtle details, like the way the, the cloth is stretched over his gut and the folds that are in it feels very, very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very nice. Very well done. Mm-hmm. It's moving away from big things, I suppose. We'll yes. have a look at some tiny people's. <laughs> there's much more in there there is a lot on this website yeah. look, look, look at that bull smasher look, yeah well you won't get to see any more of them closing that moving away we'll be here all day yeah and again dwarves smaller mm-hmm. limited what is that shabazz the dwarven bolt gunner <laughs> I know he's fully armoured to the nines, big beard and a big gun. That's exactly what you need. Yeah, it's, it's like a swivel gun. Yeah. With, uh, a, oh, it's a wheel lock as well. You don't mm. get many of those in fantasy. Mm. Too difficult to make for most people. But mm. I like the fact that it is still a relatively realistic way of firing multiple yeah, times. It's a contraption. It's a contraption is, yeah. that, that yeah. could have, if anybody had decided to hook up a steam engine to a wheel lock, that you know it's viable. Mm-hmm. Madness. But viable. <laughs> I mean, I have seen some very crazy weapons down in history, so this does not look outside the realms of possibility. Very true. You know, whenever you had America making bat bombs, <laughs> no, I, I, I kid you not, they, they attacked bombs, oh, yeah. two bats, yeah. and just dropped them. Mm-hmm. It was all well and good until they escaped. That's <laughs> well. Oh, wow. they, oh yeah. they didn't escape. They they immediately returned to the place they'd been deployed from because it was shaded and they'd let them go during the day i just i've just tweaked that's called a bolt gun because it yes, fires yeah. bolts it's a, just yeah, it's a big ours. ass crossbow style thing which is cool yeah, yeah. Nice. so it's it's basically like a mini gun for a crossbow 
That's how you kill goblins. <laughs> that is, uh, oh, you, that's how you kill anybody. Yeah. You just line them up in front of you. Malachi Mackinson would be proud. So. He would be. <laughs> Where else do we want to go? There's Dwarven Assassins. You know, Let's look at the there. Dwarven Assassin, then we'll move on to the Elder, because there's well, a lot to get through. So. There's one more I would request. Yes. Um, the Dwarven Huntress, down the bottom. The Huntress. That is yes. nice. Because it, it's always nice to see the interpretation of the male and the female from a fantasy race. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Again, lovely detail on that. Mm. Nice. But he, he does look like he was possibly in the Dwarven military and it just went, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've done my basic training, I'm out. <laughs> I see him as some kind of like pathfinder. So like he heads ahead of the army and sort of checks out for things and kills stuff. And I bet that he doesn't live in the mountain. I bet he lives outside it all the time. Mm. It's uh, just missing a crossbow. Yes. Yeah. If he had a little crossbow as well. He'd be I like right the up main street. Yeah. The runic inscriptions on yeah, the daggers is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love he kind the, of like the, won those in a, a won those as treasures or earned them or from just his campaigns. Them. Or nicked them. Could have yeah. also Although I I do love the little trinkets he has sculpted into his beard there. It's very lovely. Yeah. Very it's a good nice. way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I've always said dwarves are made all the better by having fantastic beards, and that mm-hmm. is a fantastic beard. Fantastic Indeed. beards and where to find them. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is that, is that not what it's called now? <laughs> so close. Yeah. That's a bit different. Yeah, mm. for, a, for a female dwarf. I mean, it's, it's something in fantasy novels and stuff, they'll try and describe them, but it's always nice to see them in miniature. Mm-hmm. It's a rocking headband. Yeah, it's so. almost Native American styled. She reminds me of Susie Quattro. That's <laughs> like Jerry. Another, what another a one reference. For the kids. <laughs> All my references are for the kids in the audience. What can I say? <laughs> now everybody's nice, going to have can the can stuck in their head. But yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it's very uh, Native sort of yeah. animal skins. and mm-hmm. So quite a different take on what you would normally imagine. Which I like. Mm. We have elves. We do have elves. But you can get a cream for it. <laughs> Bloody knife ears. Where are we? Oh. I've started to really like elves over the last That's quite couple nice. of years. I've, I've already started to enjoy elves, specifically Lord of the Rings elves, because Glorfindel is an absolute badass. So um, it's hard not to like him. Mm. Um, yeah. As agile... Uh, in their pose, as you would imagine, when it comes mm. to elves, just kind of showcase that. But I like that they, they kind of done them as you've got that sort of haughty look and feel to them, mm. especially in like the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. But also that kind of thing of, oh no, he's haughty for a reason because he will kick your ass. No, it's <laughs> he's because been training he thinks for he's 500 immortal. years. <laughs> well, he is immortal, but <laughs> uh, I'm sure we can sort that <laughs> type of things. Does he model? I think he's a hand model. <laughs> See that. I mean, yeah. there is a really nice sense of movement to the miniature. Yeah. It's very uh, Troy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Achilles fighting Hector. Yeah, I like that. It's a weird, interesting choice with the shield as well because it's not oversized, so it's no. more it's more buckler than it is shield, which is interesting. <laughs> like something light that they can move and and yeah. make use of. Yeah. I like that. Ooh. That's quite Taking nice. their cues from the Games Workshop uh, book Forest of posing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
I, I like the fact that they sculpted it with the arrow included because the number of times I see miniatures, they're drawn back to shoot a bow and arrow and there's no arrow and it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> just need to, you know, tie the bowstring on now. That's the next step. Uh, yeah, Jerry but- has a jerry can for that. Uh, but it's resin. I wouldn't use, I wouldn't use stretch brew. I'd use copper wire. Ah. Uh... But yeah, that is nice. Really nice. Mm-hmm. And Scorpius, the Elven Warrior. Mm. Yeah, this character you imagine would have a very flowing fighting Stand. stance and style. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to I wonder if there's a better picture of his face because he looks like he's wearing quite a He's got like a helmet. Like a very almost evil looking mask, which is interesting. Oh, you have no idea how right you are. <laughs> Does it look demonic? It does look a little demonic. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe he's... None, none of them are wearing full plate, though. Mm. So mm. there's an awful lot of cloth areas. All of, yeah. the, the first warrior, it's like a small amount of breastplate, shoulder, arm, and, and greaves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then a coddling guard, because that's important. <laughs> but then upper thighs, upper arms, they're all unarmored. Mm-hmm. Sort of gives that idea of speed and freedom of movement. Mm. That the way... The way their textures as well, the arm pieces, looks like they could e- they could be painted as kind of like bone or wood, which is quite yeah, nice. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. see it on this yeah. front grieve. Quite Striations well. and that mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Yeah, I do kind of I'm disagree like with a- the sword designs. It feels a little more orcish to me. Really? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like I, I could be completely blades. wrong. Yeah. You, if you go back and watch the Battle of Helm's Deep, mm. I think every elf had that sword. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. anyone else get like a very scorn look from these from War Machine you mm. can kind of imagine them being on the front lines of a scorn army which is a little <laughs> bit but not really paint, paint the armour red <laughs> all, all I'm thinking of yeah. is like fantasy Harlequin mm. yeah like a big grinning face yeah. yeah very nice though very cool yeah, yeah. lovely lovely stuff right That's I think we should I think you should pick one Jerry because you haven't picked one yet <laughs> wow. from our, the cavalcade of 28 mil. So let's dump all of that. What do we got down here? Skelly Bob's and Undead, Fillagers oh. and Accessories. Oh, oh, hello. Yes. Very nice. I'll have a look quite, in here because oh. there's quite a lot of nice stuff in here. Start with our fish seller and their tent. Very good stuff for role playing games and skirmish games alike. So, sort of like just, adding some narrative, which is cool. Or just so. populating your table with incidental characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, that thief is nipped in here. You're not supposed to be in here, thief. <laughs> Get back in the character section where you should be. You're meant to be in here. Cl- clearly, he's in here thinking he's going to sneak about and rob everybody. Well, yeah, it clearly is. Exactly uh, yeah, yeah, he he filled his stealth roll. So, the fish seller under tent. Oh, I like that. Oh, he's even got a big bucket. That's mm-hmm. the fish that the swamp trolls ate eaten, clearly. Yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, he's just like, rampage. you know, slaps fish, gets picked up by swamp ogre, and gets eaten. Yeah. I'll harden him. There's oh, a the poor old beggar. Oh, wow. When you say beggar, I say veteran of the last war. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Oh, look, Jerry, they've done you in miniature again. Everybody <laughs> does me in miniature. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very miniature esque. Here it's is like a nice statue esque, but less so. Here's a very nice detail. Look in his hand. Yes. He's got, He's got a coin in it. Yeah. yeah. That's a really nice little detail to have in there. That's what I'm seeing with these guys more than anything, is they're just doing all those super nice little details that you wouldn't normally see in a miniature, but they really just so. make them better. In case you want the Lloyd shot of mm-hmm. what I look like with one <laughs> leg. I like stork margarine because I've only got one leg. Again, one for the uh, kids. 
Let's have a look at the guards. Okay, that's nice to have. Town guards and weapon rack. Yeah. You know, they're really nice town guards as well. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the guy on the right, you can actually see he's not wearing a breastplate because he's got the beer gut. Yep. So you've got one one guy who could afford to buy his armor from the state and the other guy who couldn't and was just given the halberd. (laughs) Or, Or captain. And uh, oh, yeah, and regular soldier, yeah, yeah. very true. But yeah. when you can afford to get paid enough, <laughs> you too can own armor like me. Up until yeah. then, you stand by the door in the pissing rain and you just stop everybody who comes in, yeah. especially that guy who looks like a thief with a sack. Oh, he stabbed you, <laughs> yeah. just like oh, whoops, you know, that you, you should have wore your red shirt. But, Captain, can't I use the breastplate that's sitting there by the weapon rack? No, no, you may not. Your job That's is to guard the armor, not display wear the armor. Display one. <laughs> yes. You don't want to shop soil the armor. Yes. And he, oh. You know, he's, he's probably sitting there looking, but if I wore the armor, I'd have a six pack. <laughs> and the other images, just a Lloydy from behind. Uh, again, nice to have someone who's in the stocks. With rotten fruit. Exactly. To your stocks. That's exactly what I'm talking about, is those types of details. It's uh, certainly a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the fact that the rotten fruit's even running off the side of your base. Yep, I like it. So you know the magic's happening. <laughs> Anybody come at him from behind? Oh no! Yeah. Wonder what he's oh. in the stocks for. Um. Oh, dude! I, I imagine based on the, <laughs> I imagine based on the hole in his bottom of his mocks in there that he's been begging without a license, or maybe, maybe he was caught stealing. Yeah. Although, also look at his back. He's got the whip marks in there. Uh, I'm looking at one crack, certainly. <laughs> uh, He's been done for indecent exposure and it keeps on keeps yep. on giving. So. Yep. I can't stop it from happening. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're an interesting cool. set of people. Fabulous stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's tiny children riding a pig. That's cool. Oh, all right, then. We will. We weren't going to, but since you asked so nicely, we will. Th- thank you kindly. That's, I like. You say riding a pig. One's riding a pig, and the other one appears to be beating the pig with a stick. So yeah. that's that's a whole other thing going on there, isn't it? Yes. I, like I, I mean, is is the, the first child looks kind of well to do, with the one it, behind being a little more ragged. Neither of them are wearing shoes. Why put a shoe on a foot that's still growing? And look, he's using uh, a, he's got for patches, a belt. Yeah. 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 No, sorry. He just had like a fancy hat. I imagine they That's stole what it. confused me. Yeah. Probably from that baker they found around the back of his house with his head <laughs> caved in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the pig is clearly the getaway vehicle. Look at the narrative we're building already with these miniatures. It's yeah. great. So, it all makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. All so of one, of, one of the interesting things you were pointing out to us is that obviously we've got this 28 mil selection of stuff. Mm. One of the other things that these guys do is 60 mil, isn't it? I think so. They do 60, they also do some 40s as well. Wow. Um, and even up to 90s. So, if you're looking for display pieces, mm-hmm. um, you can do them. If you're looking to play a skirmishy type game, they do Napoleonic Wars and Crusades mm. in oh, okay. 40. Yeah. So, you could potentially play Napoleonic in 40, but they only have uh, Frenchy, so you'd have to go elsewhere. Mm. Okay. Well, quick question what terrain do they do? So I'm seeing 60 mil buildings in terrain. Uh, again, it's stuff historic wise to match uh, into the okay. bits and pieces that they've they've got. So got it. You can have your uh, t- uh, the tractor factory. Uh, yeah, 
or uh, bits and pieces like that. So yeah. medieval pavilions and ruined walls and damaged mm-hmm. sections. So it's mostly for diorama builders. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that does seem to be the theme with this, that it's kind of like diorama-esque with all yeah. of these bits and pieces for display. But it's always a nice thing to kind of like go into and give a give a sh- give a shot at that because obviously a lot of a lot of us will do kind of like 15 and 28 mm-hmm. mil gaming but it's nice to have kind of like uh, you know an I've attempt seen, at a different side of the hobby so yeah i've seen some spectacular games being run at conventions in 60 mil mm. um, which is sort of the, the toy soldier scale mm. uh, where people have just played whatever happens to be you know like a, a wild west game like legends of the old west but instead of playing with 28 mil figures you're playing with 60 mil figures and when people are walking past your your table being able to see a dozen big figures that you know you can spot from space without having to lean way over mm-hmm. um is, is a great way of going with it but as you can see the the detail on the the larger figures is absolutely exquisite it's so fabulous if, yeah if you're interested in upscaling for uh whatever reason you can definitely do that it's worth so a, it's one of, worth a hook. It's one of the nice things about painting in these larger scales is that you kind of teach yourself new techniques as well. Because I remember when I painted up that bust from Burrows and Badges, mm. I got a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is cool," but if you think about it, you've painted this as if you were painting a twenty-eight mil miniature. Mm. You actually have a lot more room to do a lot more stuff with these. And so I think when you look to stuff like sixty mil and well, forty mil and sixty mil, you've got a whole wide range of stuff that you can go and look at when it comes to painting techniques mm-hmm. that you could then bring back to 28 mil and 32 and stuff as well, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah. but definitely, definitely worth diving into if you're interested mm-hmm. in seeing mm-hmm. what else, uh, first legion do, mm-hmm. especially in the larger scales, mm-hmm. um, because there's a, a whole wealth of stuff and it may be that you just find something that piques your interest that you would never paint a whole army, but you go, oh, I'd really just like, a winged hussar as a display piece or i'd like napoleon or i'd like wellington or whatever it happens to be and um you never know what may sort of kindle from those bits and pieces in the long run yeah or gift stuff very much so yeah Yeah, or if you're a gaming group that's planning to do an ambiguated gaming event now that they're coming back this could be a good place to stop off for you Mm But there we have it. That is our Indie of the Week. So firstlegionlimited.com or LTD. Um, We will be back in a moment with all of the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the News. (laughs) Okay, folks, so we're back with the news and we're kicking things off with a little bit of sci-fi from Mantic. Oh, yes. Mm. As they have been firing up their pre-orders for Dead Zone 3rd Edition. I am severely tempted. I might be. (laughs) (laughs) You might already have a pre-order in. It's Mantic, it's Dead Zone, Jerry is... Like, no, put the well, sandwich together. Is it? <laughs> I, looked, I looked at it, and um, there's a variety of ways you can lay your hands on the stuff mm-hmm. for third edition, yeah. including a veterans bundle, bundle, which is like the rule book and the new counters you will need. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that was very reasonable. And then I looked at the send me everything, including your neoprene mat and shiny acrylic tokens, and I went, I'll just have that instead. Thanks. <laughs> but um, it will be launched, uh, I believe, the 25th of August, or uh-huh. 25th of October. Mm-hmm. with a new two-player starter set um the factions in this box will be vermin and the G- gcps GCPS, 
Global yeah. Co-Prosperity Sphere, yeah, GCPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not enforcers this time, but the regular grants, along with all the dice tokens you need. The 3D scenery and these new bits, uh, mm-hmm. because it's going to be set in around Magnetor, um, mm-hmm. which for Dreadball players, they'll know the Magnetor circuit well. Uh, yeah. It's it's more inner sphere than outer sphere, so you're not on some dingy backwater planet. You're in a bit more of a, a lived-in high sci-fi place it was really cool hearing the the stuff from the video about it because they were because they were like well we're using the standard sort of terrain that we'd used previously for the Mm -hmm. dead zone sets which we know are very cool and we had that like awesome video where we built up a massive terrain things but then in all these other little bits not only did they help tell a bit more of a narrative and a story in your games but as one of them was pointing out in the video they're actually gameplay because you yeah. can hide behind them mm-hmm. and they give cover as uh, like from like above and below yeah, and everything so, as well which so is things like cool. the awning mm-hmm. if you're on a, a, a floor above you can aim straight down normally but having an awning there all of a sudden means that you're not entirely certain what you're looking at <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. also like the fact there's cash machines in the future because uh, it's, <laughs> it's all about capitalism and the strange sushi bars and calamari places yeah, it, so. it has a very firefly-esque feel mm-hmm. uh, look napkins <laughs> Right, say? so so no more secret, you know, corporate bases where shitty things have been going on. Oh no, <laughs> no, still them, lots of them, but uh, but this will just changes up a little bit how it how it mm. plays. Up until now, it has been all sort of backwaters and finding vermin and mining worlds in the middle of nowhere, and and they've decided to change that. Um, yeah, there's also apart from the uh, battle zones. We have some new dwarves, which will mm. excite, Fort excite little Ben, um, because they uh, they broke down the lists as they mm. have in the past, anyway, into your main factions and then sub factions. Um, so, whereas you're seeing things like um, starter sets for recon squads, but you may change up how the GCPS run. So you might want a recon squad. You might want something a bit more um, crowd suppression, shall we say. And mm. they have people with big sort of riot shields and full-faced helms because you're going into yeah. a more bloody yeah. zone. I'm kind of digging the monocycle. Monocycle it is really just, nice. Yeah. Did we first see one of those with the Rebs, was it? I think it was. No, the, the Enforcer it's sitting there. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Enforcer uh, Scout. Uh, right, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the two-player starter set will contain, um, like I say, the vermin and the the GCPS, but also these two big resin figures. So we've got uh, a vermin stampy one, and then mm. this lady in the middle standing on a vermin's body, um, <laughs> as as with a of, badass double-barreled um, gun. Yeah, I'm not sure what that gun is. Yes, but I will be finding out. Um, but they'll be coming in the the starter as sort of. A, I would imagine exclusive for a while, or sometimes when they've done exclusive models like this, then they change up yeah. maybe the the arm poses or something when they actually release it for uh, beyond the box set. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ten different. Uh, I was going to say strike teams. There aren't. There are ten different factions to pick from, and then within the, the, the factions, you have these various strike teams. Yeah. Um, to to lay in and play out your games. Um, I still like the. Zone. Iron Man style aesthetic to the Enforcers. I think I it looks it. so cool. Their jet bikes are very cool as well. Mm, yes, very much so. Yeah. What's uh, so? One of the things that I wanted to point out is that so I showed off the starter packs that you can mm. buy from uh, or pre-order at least anyway at the moment yeah. from Antic. But this isn't everything because they've also got no. booster packs 
for all of those, as Jerry was alluding to. So you've got ones that come with like heavy weapons and all sorts of different things in there too, which is quite Tunnelers nice, for so. the vermin, nightmares and yeah. terrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there'll be a couple of different boosters for each one as well. So depending on how you want to play, mm-hmm. um, you can go in various directions because yeah. they- as I was saying, there are a whole host of options when you start to build mm-hmm. um, your lists. So the, Are the Brockas in there for the Forge Fathers? They are, yeah. Oh, nice. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the main reason they've gone for third edition uh, is because they've had escalation and infestation, which have sort of changed up how the games play. And they've had a sort of a, a certain amount of bloat in the, the lists. Um, and this gives them a chance to go back and not only carve that back so you're only having to bring one book to the table um mm. but also they were very big on changing how keywords and abilities and that sort of thing work because they they had a point where they had multiple terms that were used for say fight was a stat but also an action and also a, you know heavy could be a weapon or could be a type of ability and they just wanted to get rid of the, the the duplication and repetition and and make it more streamlined so that people coming in can go here's my book and if i want to look up what fight is it's one entry and it means one thing yeah. it doesn't mean yeah. three different things depending on the terminology I they've see. also split the book so okay. the core rules will be an 88 page book with 16 scenarios which is a big increase in scenarios. The original it was like four, four? yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. 127 page force list book with mm-hmm. the backstories, fluff, and uh, list building, mm-hmm. which is a very impressive. So that's what 200 and change, 215 pages in total. Uh, no I've, more than that. I've got no, no, not 215. So okay. that's maths. Okay. Um, <laughs> the current dead zone rulebook is 111 pages. There you go. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the nice and everything. Yeah, one of the nice things I said about this, and this is one of the things that I think we'll talk about in a little bit more detail in a bit, is like you've got something like Kill Team, which is obviously going to come with that core book, and then it has the forces thing that you need, and then they're probably going to be doing individual ones for all the different forces later on down the line. Mm-hmm. With this, they they specifically said in this interview, it was like right. It's going to be the core book and this faction book, which contains everything you need. Yeah, you get both of those for thirty quid, and then you're kind of on your way. And the other thing they pointed out as well is that whilst they've done these new packs and stuff that we've seen, and mm-hmm. we, that we're showing off the part of the news story, um, all the existing stuff is still completely usable. Oh yeah, you just have to know the new rules for a lot of the stuff, which is obviously included within that faction book. So mm-hmm. while you're not seeing Marauders currently, they are on the way. There are going to be lots of new marauder bits and pieces coming mm. up later on down the line, which is cool. But you can use all your old stuff just to get you started, which is nice. Yeah. So the yeah. biggest change um is the line of sight, which mm. is a double-edged sword because it was very simple. It was super simple. Could you see any part of the model you were aiming at? You can shoot it. You can shoot <laughs> it. Uh, if you could not see one hundred percent of that model in its totality, including the base, then it got cover, which meant it was very simple to teach people very simple to play because there are no measuring things in dead zone everything's played on cubes you're just going one two cubes i'm going to move one cube Uh, i'm going to shoot three cubes whatever it happened to be Uh, so you didn't have to do anything complicated or work out what was going on no widgets some people what some people were doing were they'd have a model almost entirely out of cover except maybe their tail or the edge of their cloak would be tucked behind a wall beside them which meant Mm. they were in cover so they're actually changing to more infinity style using volumes so you can still have the nice models with the extravagant looking poses or you know 
a rat, a vermin tail sticking out the edge, but no longer can you shoot from your vermin tail or sh- be shot just because your tail is sticking out the edge yeah. of a building. Um, so there to be I obviously think, the main body of the miniature, which I think is probably a, yeah. best, a better way to take it. I know there was a c- couple of people in the comments that were like, oh, this is adding too much complexity. Yeah, it's I don't not. think so. <laughs> it, it really yeah. isn't. And to be fair, I never had the problem where somebody was gamey and just tucked a very small part of a miniature behind a corner so they got yeah. the cover bonus. But I can imagine in tournaments unlike they would. Oh, um, yeah. If we skip him past that they've also redesigned the how the faction lists are going to go and this will be coming up on easy army as well uh so the the list builder that mantic are um, partnered with should be accessible on the day of release touchwood um but whereas before you would have maybe a marionette marionette in multiple sections in the book depending on the weapons they now just have the profile Mm -hmm. and then underneath the options and whether it's a trooper specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, so army building is a lot clearer and list building is a lot easier. Um, Model-wise, there's some nice things coming. That actually shows us some of the new plague min- miniatures there, there as well. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are. I mean, yeah. those are the plastic plague in the middle. That second, that uh, alpha That's one of the variants very new ones, are all yeah. new. And this, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a plague tetron. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Is also new as is a little swarm. Gut bursters, not. I've got some of them. Murder birds are finally coming for people who aren't me, who didn't back <laughs> and get the murder birds. Um, there's the, there's the builder. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. the army builder. So, uh, so it should make life much easier when you get in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I want to skip on because I know. And are they doing a digital army builder then? Yeah, yeah. yeah so the digital army builder is okay. As that's as that's very cool. Yeah, they've been, wor- oh, they've been working with Easy Army for a couple of years now with Kings of War, so it's just a case of pulling uh, mm-hmm. the Warpath universe in there. I get all the data points in. Yeah. So apart from those models, which will be in the new set, uh, they also mentioned a couple of other bits and pieces. I think towards the end they showed off the plastic. Yeah, the plastic order, didn't they? Yeah. So uh, there we go. That's the one, yeah. So plastic orders are coming next yes. year. Finally, finally, fans of uh, the best type of fighter in the Warpath universe <laughs> allegedly discuss uh, will be able to get their hands on hard plastic versions um, yeah. and also the plague they're replacing the PVC with uh, with resin so uh-huh. that will hopefully cause a lot of less issues for people when it comes to clean up especially with the way Mantic stuff's been going yeah. um, well, but, here's the big question yes. then is this superior to Kill Team? yes <laughs> conversation no discuss well it's it's an interesting one because it's something that definitely came up in the comments like a lot of people were talking about this on facebook as well especially under our post they were talking about why would i buy this when i have kill team and so many people were like it's simpler it's easy to play it's got more Mm. options it's a lot quicker as well Mm -hmm. and it's not as restrictive because one of the things that's obviously come up with the new kill team and i haven't played it myself but i've obviously been reading a lot around it and all that kind of thing and obviously you guys have looked at the the book and stuff mm. is that it's it it say for example you're going to try and build a primaris lift list or something mm. well there's only a certain amount of things you can actually use and there's not much sort of granularity within that whereas with something like deadstone if you've got a model the chances are that can probably that can be used in your in your group oh, oh, oh. it can so dr octopus yeah. stall yep so the artificers uh, are coming um because they were such a Everybody loved the one from Star Saga, and they went, we're going to do this. So we're going to have Dwarven Artificers, so cleverer types, not like your cheeky Brookars who are just there to lift ore out of the earth. Mm. Uh, They also come with Stompy Machinery, though. Oh, me likey. So Juggernaut, 
juggernaut with breastplates <laughs> when you want slightly more armor. Very and cool. uh, sometimes when you need to burn out a nest, juggernaut with flamethrower. Oh, yes. And drill. So I'm looking forward to the artificers, which I think are coming next year. But yeah, and as far as the the kill team slash dead zone thing goes, mm. apart from it being a one stop shop almost, where mm. you get the rule book and everything that is available or will be available mm. for a long, yeah. long, like, long time, like expenses wise, it's, it's very good. <laughs> Mechanically, I don't know how kill team works with heights and levels and stuff, mm. but dead zone is incredibly easy to build your list for because you build it based on a you've got a commander commander allows you to take unlimited numbers of trips for every trip you take you can have one specialist for every three trips you take you can have one support option and then within that you just go nuts Mm -hmm. so that's your list building they're all in the book and then play wise it's up to you to to develop the the strike team that you want to use and the synergies that you want to use within it so you can have a mm. very fast lightly armored enforcer squad or you can take all of them in peacekeeper armor and just stomp your way forward like turnip haters um <laughs> taking all of the shots and then just blattering people up close and personal so depending on your play style you've got these options and then it's just so fast to play across 3D terrain because you're dealing with well, you play on a two by two as standard, but you can expand those from there. But playing on that grid and you're just going, well, how far away is he? He's four cubes away. Well, your your enforcers can run two and then, you know, jet pack up there. Um, so they're very maneuverable. There's there's no complicated, I'm gonna move this far and then I've got to go up three inches, which costs me half my move and speed or whatever. You know, there's none of that nonsense. It's how quickly can I get my miniatures on the table and play a game? And the answer is incredibly, incredibly quickly. Yeah. One of the things I'm noticing is you see for that that core box, it looks yep. like you're getting a good dose of that modular terrain in there. Oh yeah. And it is completely rebuildable. So I would say on replayability, Dead Zone probably has it hands down, just because you completely refact can completely refactor that terrain into new scenarios and new formats. Yeah, you can definitely get stuck in there if you want to change up how it works, um, because they come with the little clicky tabs on them. Yeah, um, but even with the fact you say there's 16 scenarios in here, yeah, I will guarantee you that terrain will do all 16 scenarios. With the, the terrain that came in the, the recent Kill Team box, yeah, some of it slots together to make bigger pieces of terrain, but it's not very modular. You're kind of locked into it just being, uh, it's Pals of Orc scrap and parts of Orc wall. Even though they use their own, I mean, the modular terrain is three-inch squares, mm-hmm. so you can build your three-inch cubes, which is perfect for Dead Zone. You can mm-hmm. use any terrain you want. Um, if they're going to go across multiple squares slash cubes on the table, then you just define where pardon me, where they are and what they're doing, what they're covering. So you're not restricted by mm. anything. You're not you're not restricted by miniature even. If you got the book, you can play it with Imperial Guard. Mm. Um, yeah. You can play it with Eldar. You can, you know, you can knock your socks off and go any which way you, you want. Mm. Um, but then the, it's the flexibility and the, the simplicity of the rules without mm. being shallow, I mm. suppose is the best way of putting them. They're, they're very easy to get into, but you can uh, really go whole hog on it. Mm, easy to learn, hard to master, kind of thing. Uh, I think. I think some people find it very easy to master. <laughs> Fair a enough. People, <laughs> a lot of people with a lot of plague zombies out there. We, <laughs> we hate you the most. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a nice stepping stone because obviously they're doing this in October. Um, they're currently running the firefight beta, mm-hmm. which would be the next step up game wise. 
So you can start with a very small, compact eight to 10 sort of models, maybe even mm -hmm. less for Dead Zone. And then if you want to play the larger games, then Firefight is, is coming next year and you yeah. can get in at sort of ground level and, and build from that. So it's, it's a great yeah. stepping stone. It's one of the things that I quite like about that, sort of like the moving between the different game things, because as I was saying with Kill Team, you've got to make very specific lists with people armed with very specific loadouts. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily then translate to what you would use as a squad in something like you know combat patrol or going even higher and deeper into for like one or forty thousand as, as it were mm. whereas with something like with, with dead zone obviously those models perfectly translate into yeah. what they're going to do with fire team and then maybe if they bring up you know big old warpath later mm. on down the, down the line that will also feed well into yeah. that as well so I think at the moment Warpath is probably going to stay as is because Warpath's a very solid set of rules. Fire it just needs just the kind stuff of, kind of, uh, in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, from from what we're seeing here, it looks like obviously the plastic marauders are coming. Huzzah mm -hmm. for that. Because um, I've got 2,000 points of marauders somewhere, but they're the old ones. They'll still be useful. Uh, but they can use dead zone to help filter things through into firefight yeah. um like they did with vanguard into kings of war yeah basically and also yeah. some of the things we've seen for overdrive um mm -hmm. miniature wise so the giants for dreadball slash overdrive um are also going to be available to use in yeah there'll dead be zone. there'll be alternative miniatures for yeah. two of them i think they've already announced so far the yeah. tigrax um with the mm -hmm. indie rider has got an alternate arm with a weapon and yeah. then the I can't remember the, the large robot. It's right? <laughs> going to be a yeah. fandom class uh, yeah. for the uh, Asterians who are mm. filth space elves, but they're the cleverest type of filth space elves because <laughs> there's not many send of them. robots so, to do that. Send robots. Yeah. Why would we fight ourselves? Um, we have all these robots drones. sitting in storage. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, I, one of the other things that someone brought up, I can't think it was on a different uh, post or maybe it was during the live stream with someone like, oh, but 40K has got all this history and more to it, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but Mantic have essentially only been working on Warpath in that universe for a, a fraction of the time that Warhammer 40,000 has been around. And now one of the nice things they've been doing, especially with what we're seeing with this, is they're really branching out into the idea of building up that narrative. Because obviously with, with Kings of War, they were like, right, we're definitely going to just concentrate on Panathor and build up this world so that it's a, now a living, breathing entity in itself. Yeah. Now they're doing the same thing for Warpath and they're doing this thing where it's like, right, we're not just going to deal on the fringes with weird forts and science labs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. We're going to tell you the stories of the people that live within that inner sphere and that kind of thing as well. So it's definitely something that's growing and evolving. And importantly, it's also like emerging at the same time you're playing the game. Yeah. So it's one of those things where a little bit like with how they tell the stories of Kings of War in their campaigns and stuff, if you want to be in something that's that you could potentially have a hand in crafting where it goes next, hmm. this seems like a pretty awesome thing to do. I, um, so, I think that the current plan is at least one campaign every year. Cool. Yeah. And I don't know if it will be for both systems or if they're going to alternate. I don't know if mm -hmm. they know themselves yet, but those those campaigns will have an impact on the story and, and they just keep going. So we've already seen it in, in Kings of War with um, several um, campaigns. And I imagine we'll do something similar when it comes time to, uh, to sort of roll out Dead Zone and Firefight and the larger sort of mm -hmm. games or they can be supplemental. 
um, because you can you can obviously play then small extractions in the elite sort of dead zone forces that are going in to do something very specific. Essentially, your special forces go in, extract that person, or go in and assassinate that person, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. But then at the same time, they can have the firefight and the warpath games as well, and tie those all together to push forward the narrative um, and between themselves. And I want to say it's Winged Hazar, but it might not be publishing. Who are doing a lot of the uh, the novelizations? Well, did, uh, did, did they help with the role play stuff as well? I can't remember. Or was that was that a different? No, that was uh, Red Scar. Red Scar. Yeah, I think Winters yeah. are doing the novelizations, and they've right. been progressively um, doing more and more with a sort of a, a guide from people like Matt uh, at the studio, going, "Well, these are the the sort of points that you can't change. Here are things you can develop within that, uh, and hmm. then that also then sort of layers on more uh, story and fluff." Uh, for the Mantic universe, but I'm very yeah. excited for Dead Zone. Um, mm. If nothing else, it means I get to use all those people I've painted up as enforcers, <laughs> probably on camera as well. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of people's shields. That I, I think use. we. I think we should give the new edition a, a run out and yeah. show people what it's like. Yeah, very then. cool. Well, and and, and I just want to. It's one of these things that I think is very important to say. Just because like all these other games exist out there, doesn't mean that you don't give like something new or something that's being revamped a chance. Yeah. So like. If you're like, oh, well, I didn't like Dead Zone in first edition, it's changed a lot since the last time you saw it. Mm. Well, relatively, in terms of like streamlining and that kind between, of thing. Between first and third, yeah. there will be more of a change. If you're already a veteran second edition player, it's good. Yeah. But at the same time, definitely give it a go because it's not just Mantic's version of, I don't know what the combat, combat patrol or kill team, I don't know what scale they play at. But it's not just mantic's version of them it's not just here is a generic or agnostic version that you can play yeah. they play differently you're not just rolling different dice in <laughs> playing the same game in a different universe yeah. they are different yeah. styles of games um and that in itself i mean if you're sitting with multiple sci-fi forces whether they're infinity or 40k or whatever the book is relatively cheap uh, to mm. pick up I imagine in a month or so time, we'll probably see a cut down version of the lists and the rules available anyway uh, for free because they've always done the, the free yeah. rules on the website. They've also because, they're going to do digital versions of the rule books and stuff oh, as well. You happy days. So, so you, should, you will, in most respects, be able to just grab whatever you've got in the house, play a game and see what you think and see how yeah. it plays out um, because it's, it, it, it is a different feel um, and it's a lot of fun just not having to think too hard about things because you can just <laughs> just uh, just go, oh, I'm in this cube, I'm going to sit on top of it and then I'm going to strafe you all. <laughs> it, it does feel as if it's going to be very easy to bring friends in because say you're down at your gaming club now that they're finally starting to reopen and stuff, world's getting back to normal and you're playing a game of this and your mate walks past and goes, oh, that's curious. Oh, this faction sounds cool. Well, I've got the rules for them right here if you want to have a gander. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. you're not sort of like locked into a faction because you only own the the book for that faction. So, dead zone like third. Mm. Anybody who wants to play my game, feel free. Mm. Come on, up, <laughs> on up to Korean, I'll play anything. Me, he, he will. <laughs> I will. I will play anything. Yeah. Um, but moving away from the world of dead zone and to the far, far distant past, yes. see far, far away. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, so, a time mass games came out with a whole bunch of information over the last couple of, well, week or so, uh, about what they're doing with some of their games. We're going to be talking about Marvel in, in a little bit, teasers. <laughs> uh, but the first of these uh, we're going to be looking at is their new stuff that they sort of announced and teased for Star Wars Legion. So the Shadow Collective is going to be making its way onto the tabletop. So if you wanted to run your Pike Syndicate 
or perhaps you wanted to dive in and play around with the Death Watch, you're going to get the option to do that now with these new releases for the game. Uh, you're also going to see a fantastic, amazing character from the animated series, Maul, not Darth Maul. He's not Darth Maul anymore. Maul is going to be walking around with the Darksaber, kicking ass and taking names, as you can see there. Oh, so cool. Did he get excommunicated? Yeah. <laughs> well, he got, he got bisected. <laughs> there, there are two ways of looking at it. Either he is no longer a Darth because he got killed up and then give up on it, or he's the only correct uh, Sith Lord left because Very true. he's the one who yeah. still tries to follow the rule of two, whereas clearly Palpatine was lying as uh, yes. backside. Very much so. Yeah. All the this is... This is stunning for anyone who is a massive fan of the Clone Wars animated series because mm. this builds on all of that kind of character and depth that they created through those shows and brings that to the tabletop to reinforce more of the Clone Wars period. Because up until this point, and it's been really fun, obviously, we've just seen a lot of the Republican, a lot of the Separatist mm. stuff, but all of this thing, all of this was going on in the background at the same time. You know, Obi-Wan, um, Anakin and Ahsoka are all dealing with the mat with the, you know, the, the fallout of the war on Mandalore and all that kind of thing as well. So it'll be fascinating to see that kind of extrapolated and built on as this sort of continues to grow over the next year or so. Mm. Um, and I'm really hoping we get to see a lot more of that stuff to do with Mandalore in the near future. I think that could be very, very cool. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I can't wait for this, especially because they were saying um, that this will be an additional faction or mm -hmm. mercenaries for existing factions. Yeah. Um, also, I just really want to see an old Obi-Wan model. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Fighting cool. him at campfire. <laughs> Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> One of them does not survive into Star Wars. But then that means we're moving into Rebels, and that means we get to see more Rebels awesomeness, which would be cool. That is very, so. very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, loads of really cool stuff here. I particularly like the fact that we're seeing a lot more kind of like alian troops, for want of a, a, a better phrase. So we're seeing things like the pikes coming through, which is really cool. Mm. Uh, and it'll, they'll be really fun to paint, I think. Um, and it should bring forth a lot of interesting options when it comes to gameplay. Because I don't imagine that uh, Atomic Mass are going to sit on just these being the releases for next year. I no. imagine they're going to be working on a lot more in the future as well. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say one little thing they teased for the future is there will be Ewoks coming for the oh, yes. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So 2023, the 40th anniversary of uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. We're going to so get Ewoks. Warren doesn't have to print any more of them. <laughs> doesn't have to print more. What do you mean, Warren? It's me that does that. Oh, God. <laughs> so many. He'll be, uh, he'll be able to use official rules rather than my rules, although my rules were great. Mm. Just say that. Yeah. yeah. Although I did notice one thing in that paint tutorial video that I've not really seen done before. The painter actually has a completed miniature tabbed on to the his painting handle. Pretty cool. Along with the one that he's working on, so he can keep them identical. That's clever. Yeah, that's Dallas for you, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not his first rodeo, I suppose. Very true. No. He's done some great videos with us, actually. It's very good. Yeah. Go and check that out. Uh, but uh, moving on to more from Atomic Mass Games, uh, obviously they do Star Wars League, but they also do Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is obviously their big flag flagship project. Uh, and so they're going to be bringing forth new X-Men and more for the Brotherhood of Mutants at the same time as well. Mm -hmm. So going to be four new X-Men introduced into the game. You're going to get uh, Rogue and Gambit. So you've got your Cajun explosion, <laughs> uh, followed along by uh, some really awesome stuff, including Colossus 
and also magic as well. So you've got three relatively well-known additional X-Men and then one that sits more on the fringes. Of course, there are many, many, many X-Men <laughs> for you to pick from, uh, but it's cool to see that we're getting at least these here. That a lot of people will know from the animated um, uh, show during the 90s and stuff, and of course the comic books too. Mm. I really like, again, this the, the advert, the teaser they did for this, because it's just like... A classic, uh, like yeah. oh. cartoon thing or like a toy thing from the, the 90s. Please now, tell I, me they're doing the Blackbird. Now, I think that's a Blackbird, but other people have said it's a Quinjet. So, <laughs> no, no, that's definitely the Blackbird. Yeah, I think that is so, the Blackbird. So, apparently, there's a Quinjet coming as well. Somebody, okay, somebody mentioned it during their uh live stream weekend. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but again, really dynamic models, really nice looking miniatures for the X-Men. Um, as I say, expanding what you've already got. So you can have your proper badass team of X-Men now going against the Brotherhood of Mutants on the tabletop. Really nice dynamic miniatures too. I really love the Gambit one, sort of like fanning the cards out and throwing them. I think it's yeah. really cool. Uh, and then Magic leaping through that portal with that sword at the ready to bring it down on people as well. It's um, just super cool. So. Ever so slightly disappointed in Juggernaut because it's not the Vinnie Jones one. <laughs> it's not. However, as a little homage slash nod to the Vinster, uh, the tactic card that comes with him is, uh -huh. do you know who I am? That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And then everybody else yeah. can finish that in their head. But yeah, as you can see, Juggernaut is massive comparably oh, yeah. to all that, as he should be compared oh. to all the other uh, characters on the tabletop, which is really awesome to see, carrying oh, an entire... Uh, traffic lights stop there to hit people. Yeah, that, that's optional. You don't have to have that. Oh, it, it, cool. it comes with just a closed fist as well. I kind of want to see Juggernaut having a punch up against the Hulk. That would be neat. That would be cool. Yeah, it's totally be doable. Oh yeah. I would. I would. I would imagine that Juggernaut is very good and very adept at hitting people into terrain and using terrain to hit people, as mm. tends to be the way with the uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. So that's really nice. To see. Well, weirdly, he's very good at hitting people into terrain. He wasn't good at at tree and bashing at all except oh, his right. tactics card do you know who i am allows, <laughs> oh, him, to, well, there you go. <laughs> allows him to launch the terrain around perfect perfect yeah. yeah um but yeah so um in addition to um the the miniatures themselves that we've seen here we've also got a new terrain set which is kind of like a rocks core is a rocks or rocks core mall i think mm. it's called isn't it as some people may have seen from the loki tv series as well uh but you've got that to battle around in uh there's also a, a sort of fallen sentinel in that terrain as well which is pretty awesome mm. uh so it kind of mirrors what we're seeing in terms of the the miniatures that we've got there so you've got like rogue who looks like she's just blasted through the middle of a sentinel ripped yep. it to pieces and then you've got um colossus who's carrying a uh, sentinel Arm of his head as well. Excuse um, me, I think you forgot this. Exactly. Yeah. I'm kind of. I want to see someone one of their heads in. Yeah, yeah. I want to see someone uh, put a Wolverine in his hand as yes. he's about to do the speedball special. So that'd be cool. So yeah, huh. <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, really awesome stuff coming up for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Mm -hmm. I should point out as well, they had talked about um, doing some tweaks and changes to the game in the future as well. Um, they have now a wealth of content when it comes to the game itself but they may be tweaking and changing things later on down the line when it comes mm. to some of their cards and stuff. So watch out for that and see what they're doing with it. I, yeah. I don't imagine it's going to be a massive change that's going to rock everything, but they've obviously learned things over there, however many years they've been running it now. So, mm. so. Well, some of the models like Modoc there, um, Shuri, are getting new slash updated cards. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it at the time, but the uh, Wakandan 
group were actually the, one of the first sets that they started working on before the game was even released. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. that would make sense because they'd be like the first wave. Well, so second like wave. Three and a half years old. And, yeah. and there was stuff they did at the time. They didn't realize how the meta was going to work. And it mm-hmm. made people like Shuri ridiculous. Um, so, so there's a I mean, she is pretty badass, but. Uh, oh, yeah. But even more so, she would literally just go up to the Hulk and just ruffle stomp him. Uh, and pretty much anybody else on the tabletop. So they've, they've changed how some of their abilities work. Uh, you'll also notice the layout of the car has changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's because they're going to be going multilingual. Um, so this allows the, they can use the one sort of format and then have Italian, French, German. More space. Uh, yeah. um, can then be laid out. So localizations are coming for people who maybe aren't Very nice. into crisis protocol or translation can sometimes be ropey. Mm. It's a bit like that when they're changing things up. So that's that's what's coming. So hopefully we'll be able to just get a new deck of the original core set. Yeah. Um, Hulk has also been given a bit of an upgrade, has as Modoc. I think they were talking about Cap as well earlier in the, the video. Cap, cap yeah. as well, to make him more Cap. All yeah. the Cap for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... I should do. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's exciting times ahead for the uh, yeah. Marvel Crisis Protocol community, mm. especially just seeing more X-Men is always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I really want to see. Well, there's two characters I want to see. I want to see. I want to see Bobby. And I want to see Iceman. I think Iceman's amazing. I want to see him definitely sculpted as he's sliding along on an ice uh, sheet. Yep. I think that would be brilliant. Uh, and then also simply because people can argue about her uh, to the ends of the earth. Mm. I want to see Jubilee, who is either either the weakest mutant in existence or the most powerful mutant in existence. So there we go. <laughs> uh, I'll tell, cool. you, tell you who I'd like to see. I would like to see them do Madam Web and the multiverse Spider-Man. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, because then you could have the Iron Spider and just all of the different ones. I just well, I know the, that, the one who's well, just Peter Parker. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got Spider Gwen coming out. They've got Miles Morales, not Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Ghost Spider, Miles Morales, and they've got those coming out. So, it'd be yeah. interesting to see them do more stuff for that, yeah. especially because they tend to link things in uh, alongside the the MCU releases, which is the, pretty this, cool. This, so. this is what I'm thinking: if they could get the the multiverse Spider Man on the go for it coming out, that would be amazing. Maybe, maybe someone out there will do alternative heads for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, so that you can cut your head off your Spider Man and put those on instead. <laughs> just, just the emo cut one. Yeah, the emo uh, version of him. <laughs> yeah, most powerful being in creation. <laughs> anyway, moving away from the wonderful world of everything owned by Disney. <laughs> uh, War Cradle Scenics have yeah. got a massive new building coming out. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, the Tillinghast Manor uh, is one of their big new 35 millimeter MBF sets that they're going to be working on. Uh, and well, you, can, you can pre-order right now for use in Mythos and, of course, any other spooky games that you might intend to use on the tabletop. Uh, this is another one of their big pre-coloured kits, as you can see there, with the roof sections and the, the sort of chimney stacks as well. Uh, it comes with a multi-layered interior. Um, so you've got lots of options in there for kind of like ground floor shenanigans and, and stuff on the top as well. They even created lots of little uh, incidental pieces to go inside this too. So you've got things like a bookcase and a fireplace and like mm-hmm. a, a makeup mirror and a chest of drawers and a piano and that kind of thing as well. I think what you could do with this to be really awesome is print off some interesting like carpet designs to put those on the floor. Very yep. cool. And go and get yeah, wallpaper and then maybe go and get some stuff from uh, Terrain Crate just to kind of populate this a little bit more because obviously yeah. their mana set recently, which would be pretty nice. It's very nice. Good match up for chairs. Uh, we're we're going to have to do a Through the Q Hill episode with Ben. 
Yes. Uh, what miniature it. would fight yeah. in a house like this? And, and use a little tiny like keyhole camera to do the, <laughs> to do the run through. <laughs> no, uh, I actually, I have been playing around with some of these kits from War Cradle Scenic. I'm currently uh-huh. working through the Augusta set. Oh, so it's cool, like yeah. a, a train station with some warehouses and some like ruined warehouses and stuff as well. They're actually really good kits to put together. Nice, simple designs that don't take an absolute monster amount of time to put together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not getting lost all over the place. The one thing I will say is if you pick up any of these kits and you're looking for the instructions, they are on the War Cradle website. That is where you're right. going to have to go to find yeah, yeah. them. It was, it's going to be interesting seeing how you tackle this one because I've had a lot of people in the comments being like, oh my God, this looks like so much MDF. But, you know, you're an expert at putting these kind of kits together <laughs> hardly, now, Justin. Hardly so. an expert when it took me a year to build one kit one time. Well, you yeah, that's true. But you have built, I don't know how many, like, foreground kits in the past. So I you know. are more adept than I know. other and people. I, so. I have done all of the, the Redwood terrain that they've brought out and sent to us before as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those things. The, the folks from Workwheel Scenics, they've been learning the technology, learning how to do it, make it better, make the kits work better. And they are getting really, really good. So I... I, I Hands hand held up, they are doing good work. Yeah, in addition to the uh, Tillinghast Manor itself, as you saw there, we also have an expansion kit as well that's coming out alongside this, uh, which is very nicely detailed, uh, which comes with stuff that you can use to add to your manor grounds. Uh, so you have a groundskeeper's hut there, which is where you clearly need to go to find the individual who will tell you the secrets of the manor. <laughs> and tell you that you have the shinning. <laughs> oh, no, cl- clearly, if you're playing Mythos, that's where you find the first dead body, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's something's it. not right here. We better go and find a boss, and then you go into the manor, and it all goes a bit wibbledy. Uh-huh. you also got a gazebo. Uh, always fear the gazebo. You cannot run from it. Uh, you've got a nice set of tables and chairs there. You've got the bridge that you can put over a nice water feature. You have mm-hmm. a water feature itself. And then you have the walls and everything there, too, which is quite nice. Yeah. And a car, which you are definitely going to have to try and escape from the manor in at some yeah. point. I mean, so. the, the the car does look like it's got quite a bit of work in it there. It It is very detailed and multi-layered, I will mm-hmm. say that. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a really awesome uh, little subterrain there for those people that want to dive into uh, and play Mythos, I think. I was particularly, I, I really liked the way the windows have been done with that kind of like high Gothic style, yeah. which makes it incredibly creepy also i actually quite like the burn marks up the side of it because it makes it look like this house at some point was like at the heart of a terrible fire or something and that is why this is horrible mystery that yeah. you have to go and solve but yeah very. Cool. i think the very only cool. thing i would change you see that dormer window up on top on the roof just mm-hmm. i wish they had put a peak roof on that instead of just a flat roof oh well you can add one yourself <laughs> i probably could Get, get chipping away, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's HDF, it's easy enough to carve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, awesome terrain there uh, mm-hmm. for the folks at War Cradle. Next up is one for Lloyd. It is. That'll teach him not to be here, <laughs> won't it? Yeah. So, I'm going to do this and I'm going to send psychic thoughts to Lloyd so that he can be sort of, he can tell what I'm talking about. Okay, right, we're fine. So A Viking in the Sun uh, is a new expansion coming up uh, for Lion Rampant, or at least attached to it anyway, uh, which builds on the rules by Daniel Mersey uh, from the original game. And this one comes from the University of Edinburgh Press alongside Gianluca Ragazzini. Rakagni, Rakagni, oh my God, Rakagni. Put that one in the edit and keep out the rest of them. <laughs> oh no, they will see everything. 
and also James Holloway as well. I'm sorry for butchering your name there, Jadnika. Uh, but this um, follows the adventures of one Harold Harada in his younger days uh, when he headed down to the Mediterranean uh, and joined the Varangian Guard. Um, so within this book, you're going to find three mini campaigns that you can play through as Harold Harada as you take on his voyages throughout the Mediterranean and beyond as well, which is pretty awesome. You're going to be diving into battles in, I'm going to read these off because I'll forget them otherwise, the Upper Mesopotamia, uh, Palestine, the Aegean Sea, Southern Italy, and the Balkans. And in addition to that as well, which is pretty awesome, you're also going to get a whole bunch of new army lists as well. So you're going to have army lists for the Muslim powers, the Byzantines, Normans, the Lombards, and the Byzantine Italian principalities, which sounds fascinating. Didn't even know they existed, but very cool. Lovely. Uh, Interestingly, in addition to that as well, because you're going to get all those different army lists and they're not just things that you're going to fight as Harold, you're also going to have rules for playing out the campaigns as those empires, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to follow the story, but from a different point of view, you can definitely do that as well, which is pretty mm-hmm. nice. Um, so it's a very in-depth book uh, that they've put together for this uh, sort of expansion to Lion Rampant. Yeah. See, I, I, I always See, wonder... what they did. Mm, I always wonder what Hadrada was thinking whenever he first decided to just, you know, leave the fjords behind and go, oh, we're going south. It's getting warmer. I like that. Let's keep going. <laughs> Lots of them went down there. The Bringing Guard were um, bodyguards for the Byzantine Emperor for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And they'd been trading in through the mid for decades, if not hundreds of years. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it was always a, a good place to go. Uh, good, a good way to go and get some gold to bring back to your yeah. uh, your family. <laughs> or why bother going back? It's warm here. Well, that's true, yeah. Uh, well, should also... he, he got to be king. That's why he yeah. went back. Yeah. Uh, the last true, true Viking king. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so in addition to the book, uh, the folks over at North Star, you can pre-order this from a whole range of different places, yeah. by the way. Uh, but North Star miniature figures have also put together this uh, sort of special limited edition miniature of Harold Hardrider. Now, this one is particularly interesting because this was, and I think just uh, Jerry informed me of this, an unreleased miniature mm. from back during the Warhammer ancient Warhammer historical days uh, that has found its way back onto the tabletop from yeah. Crusader. I, I think it was so, due yeah. to come out with uh, Shield Wall. Many, many months ago, but never did. There you go. There you um, go. Yeah, they, they'd already done um, a book for the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike the, the Osprey books that they're based on, which are 80 odd pages, very thin sort of things, mm-hmm. the, the books coming out of the University of Edinburgh Press are sort of three to four times the size. Wow. Okay. Um, so that they are a great way of learning about the period mm-hmm. as well um, because they, you don't have to go and do a lot of outside research so if it's a period you're interested in or something that sounds like it could be a lot of fun it, it's a it's very in-depth because they use the fact that they are war gamers as well as historians and teachers yeah. and academics <laughs> yeah. uh, to combine these so that they, they bring together nice. all of it in one mm-hmm. in one tome uh, so it's it's also uh, one of the most well-researched sets of of uh, books you can learn hands cool. on for mm-hmm. periods as well. So um, it's nice to see that they they didn't rest in the laurels and just do the crusades. That they they decided to mm-hmm. go on a bit further and and play with the Rengian Guard. So, yeah. yeah, very nice. Cool. 
sticking with uh, historical stuff, moving from miniatures games over to board games, uh, mm. Paolo Mori, who is a scion within the board game industry, uh, has moved on to create a new version or a sort of like an adaptation of his game Blitzkrieg, which I know that you guys have played and very much enjoyed. Uh, so this is called uh, Caesar Sees Robe in 20 Minutes uh, from PSC Games and should be coming out towards the end of this year. Um, in Caesar, you will take on the roles of the eponymous Julius Caesar or Pompey as you try and fight for control of uh, Rome and its surrounding provinces in order to become emperor. Um, so very similar to uh, Blitzkrieg, and you can see it pictured here in the, in the, the image above, the image above, the image right here, right in front of your faces. Uh, you have uh, bags that contain a whole bunch of tokens. Uh, on your turn, you will draw a token and you will decide where to place it on those different circles on the map, and that will allow you to control different regions. Now, differently to Blitzkrieg, instead of those being put into a particular one particular theatre, mm -hmm. those tokens actually cross over those dividing lines that you see on the map. So yeah. you put strength into uh, either, well, two provinces rather than one. Uh, and you'll see that they have like uh, two numbers on either side of them and they'll give you different values and things. Um, essentially, how it works is once each of those circles is filled, the person with the most power claims that region and obviously then gains glory towards their rise towards becoming emperor. Um, but in addition to that as well, lots of different spaces have a uh, sort of bonus abilities and things that you can unlock as you're playing, as you can see on that sort of player card that you see at the front of the, uh, the image there as well. Um, so it's a bit like Blitzkrieg, which allowed you to play out World War II in 20 minutes, but a little bit more crunchy yeah, at the same time. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. it's not as simple, I want to mm -hmm. say, as Blitzkrieg was. Um, there, there's a little more going on. Also, the fact it has a solo variant yes. mm -hmm. uh, is exciting and new and different. Um, mm. which I don't think they had with Blitzkrieg no. or no. potentially even would be possible. Yeah, so they, they've added in... Yeah. Yeah, so they've added in uh, the solo mode, as you can see there, denoted by those little um, sort of tokens that you flip over and they'll tell you exactly what the other player would do at that particular moment. Uh, but you also have um, sort of three modular add-ons to Caesar as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's ones that allow you to like poison your opponents, which is typically Roman, I would imagine, mm -hmm. <laughs> and happens when anyone's trying to gain power, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's looking really cool uh, and like a, a fun next step for Paolo Mori and this particular style of game mechanics, mm -hmm. which obviously he really enjoyed putting together in Blitzkrieg and you guys enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see that kind of being twist, uh, tweaked and elevated with Caesar. Uh, and Paolo Mori is nothing if not an iterator. So I imagine this will happen in another game <laughs> in the near future. So, yeah, so yeah. I quite like the fact that it's not, it is an iteration, but it's not just a reskin. A reskin, yeah. And, yeah. and just change it to being, you know, instead of, Pacific, uh, and it now just says Aegean mm -hmm. or Mediterranean yeah. or land. You know, it, uh, yeah. they've actually gone and gone. Well, here's how we can change up how the game plays, and here's how we can add to the game as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, iterated, not derivative. I think mm -hmm. is is the uh, the phrase. Yeah. yeah. I think one, the, the nice thing as well is that it's that twenty minutes thing. <laughs> it's a it's a strategy game that you can play between two players. That's not going to last two hours. And by the one hour mark, what if you hate the other person, but you're playing it just through spite? Mm. Uh, it's over in 20 minutes. You can swap sides. You, obviously, the randomness of the bags and everything like that when you pull things out is very interesting and important as well there. So some very cool stuff to dive It's on burnout as well. Yes. Sometimes you'll so. play a game and it takes so long to finish. It's just like, oh, God. You're like, well, We're doing this okay, for I'm two hours. <laughs> can, 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 can we just call it a draw and go home? Get a pint. <laughs> it has happened. Yeah. 
moving away from historic mm-hmm. and into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah. The first of two stories you have for us, Benjamin. Indeed. So the first one of these uh, comes from uh, Gale Force 9. Um, so obviously they work with Wizards of the Coast, creating a whole range of uh, bespoken, fantastic miniatures that you can see here that sit alongside their role-playing games and their books and their expansions that come out. Um, this leap bus with uh, the set that you're seeing here uh, builds on uh, the book for the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, uh, which is the latest sort of adventure book that they've come out with, which kind of delves into the Fae, uh, the Fae world and the Fae wild within D&D, mm-hmm. the Forgotten Realms. Uh, and so each of these different packs of miniatures then coincides with some of the NPCs and stuff that you'll meet along the way. Uh, so, for example, the League of Malevolence is this selection of wonderful villains, including that guy in the centre who looks like he's off the front of an 80s metal album. Very good. He, he looks very familiar. I think <laughs> I've met him in a game. I uh, yes, uh, I think he is quite a famous D and D villain. Uh, but um, these are villains that have joined together to sort of reach uh, their their sort of like combined goal of gaining power. I'm sure they will betray each other by the end of the uh, end of the story, as they tend to do. Yep. Uh, but they are then. Um, uh, set alongside Valor's Call, which is this set, as you see here. Uh, so these are the named NPCs and characters that you will meet when you go into this adventure, and they call on your heroes to join them in their quest. So you'll be helping them with all their kind of things that they're diving into and, and playing around with. Um, in addition to that, there's a whole bunch of additional stuff to kind of build on that Feywild element. Uh, Feywild element to the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, things like the Hourglass Coven there, which is a selection of three uh, hags, which is pretty awesome, all of them with very different ways of um, approaching things. Uh, I quite like the backstory to this in that it's like a a group of three hags that came together to sort of pull their magical resources, but more often than not, two of them will scheme and uh, sort of twist and and think about different things to screw over the other sister, which I think is really awesome. Uh, So there's some nice story built in there, which is cool. And obviously you've got that kind of almost carnival feel to a lot of this, Mm. which builds into the Feywild quality of uh, of what we see with this adventure, which is not really nice. They are totally um, horrifying. They are exactly that. Uh, you also have uh, Zibilda and Igwild. Or Igwild. Igwild. That's, yeah, that's how we say Very it. German, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we have this master mage who is uh, sort of like um, carved out a corner of the Firewild for himself. And then also we have the the hag that uh, you see there, which has kind of bonded itself with the, the mage in order to kind of like gain power and use it for her own means. But there is the coolest set yet to come. So the Harangon brigands, which look amazing. <laughs> They're rabbit folk. I right? mean, we can see that. I, I, I have to wonder what god they annoyed to turn their civilization into rabbit people. Hey, hey, these ain't no silly rabbits. These are badass rabbits. These are Roscobot now. <laughs> these are badass rabbits. So these uh, are the sort of like bandits of the Feywild that kind of like run around chasing down lost survi- uh, survivors and uh, travelers and stealing all their goods off them as you do if you're a brigand. Uh, but they've also included rules within the witch, the, sorry, the wild beyond the witch light <laughs> that will allow you to play as these characters as well. So if you've ever wanted to play an anthropomorphic hair warrior, then you could definitely do that. Sign me up, I would say. Um, are, are we shocked? No, we're not. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, they also have a couple of additional things for Dungeon Masters. Uh, most of this stuff was Dungeon Masters anyway, but uh, you're going to get a new DM screen, which has everything that you need for specifically playing out adventures in the Feywild uh, and for this campaign itself. 
which is very nice and comes with the artwork from the front cover and from inside the book. Uh, but then you're also going to get, and you can see them uh, sort of like um, shown here and on the inside of the DM screen, a whole bunch of full color maps as well. Mm. Uh, I think maps are integral to role-playing games because I love having things for people to look at and point at and think, oh, what have we got over here? And that kind of thing. Well, um, you can so, go over there and go to the snail racing. Exactly, yeah. So if you wanted to go to the witch-like carnival, as you see here, then here is this wonderful map that you get up on uh entering the place for you to go and explore it. So yeah, mm. some really nice stuff from Gale Force 9. There's just a really nice sort of um, bunch of accessories that build on mm. what you're already getting from the D&D adventure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot yeah. of people will enjoy these if they are big fans of D&D. So. I, do, I do like the way they've named the maps. Yes. Hither, hither <laughs> and yon. Yes, it is very, very fey. <laughs> Has a, a almost um, Gaiman-esque sort mm-hmm. of stardust feel it very much well. does actually mm-hmm. yeah it's very like cool that. yeah but that is not the only no well we'll say D assigned. adjacent adjacent yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so tracy and laura hickman who a lot of people will know uh, as the authors the creators of the dragonlance universe are going to be bringing to the tabletop their first big new fantasy world since dragonlance so Sky Raiders of Abarax is going to be the new um, world that they're creating. It's going to be coming to Kickstarter very, very soon. It's going to be fifth edition compatible. Uh, So obviously you're going to be able to play as, as you can see here, things like Tabaxi, Gnomes, Halflings, Dragonborn, all that kind of thing. So it'll be very D&D sort of like um, adjacent in many ways, as we were saying before, which is very cool. But it will have the storytelling and everything the, uh, the Hickmans have managed to put into the worlds of, for example, Dragonlands. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems interesting. I assume we're going to get massive big sky ships, as you see in the art there. Uh, we don't necessarily know too much more information about this, other than that they're going to be doing something, and they've called it the Living Tome System. Uh, now, since the Hickmans are storytellers, I'm kind of seeing this as kind of be sort of like a living, breathing world that they're going to be adding to as things go along, mm-hmm. which should be quite interesting. Maybe they're going to have kind of some kind of like online digital living rule book as well, perhaps as well. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it sounds interesting. And for those people who like the writing and the, the worlds of the Hickmans, this could be very cool. Maybe they're yeah, taking a leaf out of the old school uh, living Greyhawk, which oh. Wizards obviously dumped like a bad smell years ago. Um <laughs> I'm not sure why, but they essentially they split the world up and everybody was playing in the same world oh, okay. at the same time. So um, continental Europe was one place within Greyhawk and uh, the UK and Ireland was another. That's cool. North America was one and then Australasia. Um, mm-hmm. And it meant if you were playing at conventions or whatever, you would bring your same character and maybe you've been playing with other friends or other conventions so you weren't always getting a pre-gen your character came and moved cool. went and evolved and they would write scenarios specifically for certain big events that were happening mm-hmm. and that seems very narrative driven which would be right up there it would be very up. much like mm. what they like doing yeah so cool. obviously there, there must mm. have been some reason why they stopped doing it um wizards of course it may just be the time and effort but i think that probably was it <laughs> this is going to be the sole focus of a mm. new world then potentially that would be a good way to go. Yeah. Uh, and again, flying ships, Stardust. Yeah. They're obviously yeah. collecting lightning and balls. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking at that artwork and I'm just I'm seeing one thing that caught my eye, which is if you're on that skyship floating along, going to your next adventure, and all of a sudden you're in the skyship getting attacked by a dragon. Oh no, they're friendly. 
<laughs> they're very much like the dolphins of the air. Dragons. Okay. <laughs> they will okay. That's dive and flip around in front of your yeah. skyship. So, uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you fall off the side, one will maybe help you get back up and on. Yeah, and it's incredibly unlucky to shoot an arrow at one, just like dolphins. <laughs> Although right. Poseidon I, I, doesn't need to lend a hand, the dragon will do that themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting it self-explanatory why you do not shoot at dragons. I should also point out that um, for those people that were maybe keeping up with the drama that was surrounding the Hickmans and Dragonlance and Wizards of the Coast, that has all apparently been sorted out. Uh, and there is going to be a new Dragonlance book, I think they're saying next year, which would be interesting. Oh, cool. Uh, and if that means a new book is coming out, which I think this was the case anyway, that should potentially mean that we see the Dragonlance source book that everybody has been asking for. We shall wait and see. That's right. Yeah. So, one yeah. way to find out. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So we have one final bit of news. Yes. And, we do. Uh, we're sticking with fantasy. We are. So we're sticking with fantasy and we're heading off to the Mortal Realms uh, because Games Workshop have added up, uh, well, added together a whole bunch of new Uruk releases mm. uh, for the uh, Uruk War Clans in um, Age of Sigmar. So. They have a bunch of named characters. So we have Gobsprack, the Mouth of Mork, as you see there on the back of that terrifying vulture creature, which I think is pretty cool. And I quite like the the, the whole look of the miniature in its entirety, really. Uh, but um, as well as being able to be made as the name shaman that you see there, you can also change it so that it's uh, just um, commanded by a traditional normal boss, if you prefer. Um, you've also got uh, <laughs> the Swamp Boss Scumdrek, as you see there, which is another named character on the back of another strange and twisted creature that has dragged itself out of the swamp. Um, this can also be created as a set that just allows you to play a normal standard orc or orc general, if you prefer as well, which is pretty Very cool. similar to a Serengeti swamp donkey. How <laughs> <laughs> is that? Yeah, you know. Let's not ask. Uh, we also have uh, the Marsh Crawler Slugger, which mm. I think is I'm awesome. I'm this one. It, it's kind of like yeah. Dobie on a bad day. Yes. <laughs> the thing that I quite like about this is it kind of tells a little bit of a story and a narrative with it, because you can imagine the howder is the only thing you see kind of like bobbing along the water, sort of moving through the swamps. And then as your sort of free guild captains run forward to try and strike at these little goblins on the back of it, the whole massive um, sort of beast at itself that you see underneath is then re revealed and starts attacking everybody on the bank and stuff, which I think is pretty cool, mm. kind of built on the narrative. But yes, as you say, Dobby, when you've taken all his socks. Um, I think key uh, when attacking this is to go straight for the beast. Yes. Because if you can get him to rear up, <laughs> Oh yeah, none of those goblins. All are the goblins are forward to back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They do have like, like spiky claws to dig in, so they might be fit to hold on. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, you've also got uh, a new set of the gut rippers. So if you wanted to expand on your um, auric war clans from the uh, initial dominion set and the new starter sets, then you can do that as well. Comes with all the different sort of hand weapon options in there, which is nice. You get, I think, it's two different variants of musicians you can play around with as well. And you've also got the banner bearer and the champion at the same time too. Um, so if you like your gut rippers, you're sorted. Mm -hmm. You also have a new big set of terrain as well. So this is just one of, I think it's three or four different pieces. Uh, so these are all part of the Dawnbringer Crusade terrain set. Um, so this kind of builds into the narrative that the um, the forces of order are now marching out into the realms and not just trying to defeat their enemies, but set up permanent uh, places uh, to live, civilization, places of civilization within the mortal realms as well. So they're trying to... Um, I guess gentrify girl. Let us know how that works out. Yeah. Uh, and also, 
in some other news, mm. uh, the Warhammer Age of Sigma app is now available in beta form. It is entirely free. Everything is free, but a couple of things that are kind of locked behind faction-specific um, keywords and stuff um, for the moment for you to dive in and start making your armies. However, as I've worked out over the first two days of using this, it doesn't open on my phone. I've downloaded it, used it once, and now it refuses to open. So still some teething issues when it's it comes to that piece of digital content. Yes, yeah. it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I just had to point out before we leave these people alone, mm-hmm. that is a, a it is. inch greater demon's hand up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, me, oh, my. So, so uh, the story no, behind that. No wonder he's magic The story behind that, yeah, is that he's so powerful a uh, mage that he was able to stop that from returning to the ethereal demon plane, as it were. And so he's now bound it to his staff, as you see there. And that's why it gives him his powers. So, uh, he's my like souvenir. Like a cursed monkey's claw. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent I'm sure stuff. it'll be fine. A little, how embarrassing <laughs> must it be for that demon to go back into the ether Without and just, yeah, just turn up and go, <laughs> yeah, sorry, lads, I had a bad day. <laughs> to change the ways, it'll grow back. It'll <laughs> yeah. There we have it. That's your roundup for news for <sighs> another week, folks. Yeah. That's fairly comprehensive. Mm. Mm. So we're going to take a break for uh, Ben to go and dip his tongue into ice water before we come back and look at some 3D printing and Kickstarters. Okay, folks, so this week we are going to be looking at Lord of the Print, which is Michael Flatley's delving into the world of fantasy 3D printing. Based on that laugh, I'm going to assume that is exactly what it is. What is, like, is every minister just Flatley. like like mm. this? Post-River Dance Days, what has he come up with? Uh, well, uh, Michael Flatley has been very, very busy. Because uh, <laughs> the Lord of the Print is filled with all sorts of amazing monsters, dinosaurs, heroes, villains, and pretty much everything else that you could think of in between. So look, uh, flatly classic Riverdance post. Exactly. <laughs> it's as if it was pretty. And there's the fairy. fairy the they're there all doing it. Yeah. People uh, want me. Even the Tinder loss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the map to stay in it. Yeah. So uh, this is, as is often the case when we come to these uh us looking at their my mini factory page to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, because there is an extortionately large amount of different things on this. Um, one of the things to note with a lot of this um, is that obviously they've done a selection of kind of like more kind of like standard twenty eight mil human sized miniatures for you to use in your games, which is mm-hmm. obviously cool. But the main sort of thrust of what we were very very much uh, taken by with this was the addition of all of those massive monsters and stuff, and we have mm. picked out a few to have a look at, as you can see here. So yes. um, this was one of the ones that I picked out fairly early from in their sort of like selection because mm. I've, I've always really liked the idea of tree men uh, and sort of like a forest come to life. And so I really like the, the way that they've done these because they've tried, they've given them that little bit more of that monstrous quality to them. I'm getting um, vibes of Stranger Things. It, it is a little bit sort of demagogan, weirdly enough. Yeah, very strange. Which isn't actually a demagogan, but I think we talked about that last week anyway. <laughs> uh, but this is, I just love how like twisted and broken and gnarled they look. Mm, uh, cool. And it seems like it would be something fantastic to drop into like a force of nature force in. Um, in Kings of War, for example. But yeah, really awesome. Yeah, it's a tree herder. I like the fact that it doesn't have a conventional face. Exactly, yes. Because why would it need one? <laughs> you know, yeah. except to go harumph a couple of yeah. hobbits. 
Yeah. yeah. And then it, it's forgot to do a little pruning. So it's grown a third arm. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a, it, it kind of, it, it gives off that almost like creepy fantasy vibe that sometimes you want from, from your games mm-hmm. where you don't want it to be like a classically high fantasy sort of experience on the tabletop. And so you see things like that, which kind of add to the, uh, the, the awesomeness of the kind of the setting you're creating. Yeah. This was another one that was just amazing. I got to say, I like their dragons a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And also it's worth noting that these are dioramas and they've done this with a few things on the page where you can get the individual dragon mm-hmm. or you can get dioramas and it's not dragons there's a, a necromancer fighting something as well yeah yeah um, where, where you, you've got the option to have them as a display piece or to have them as the actual sort of in-game character yeah. see i i kind of want to do this a little bit you do the blue eyes white dragon and the red eyes black dragon paint it up that way it could look very those, cool for those of us who aren't weebs um, <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. It looks like the Caverns of Time, mind you, for Warcraft players, with the weird angled buildings. I do, I do like it because stamping it, over because it kind of gives you this impression of like a almost celestial style dragon mm. that is facing down like some dark demonic um, necromancer or sorcerer who's managed to twist and break one of the other drakes into their service, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, or they just wanted to do a riff on Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. I mean that too. Yeah, <laughs> so there is a, a big Godzilla figure mm. that we're not going to look uh, at on the page. Uh, you'll have to go hunt down <laughs> that. Hunt that for yourself. Yeah, yep. yeah. but yeah, they're absolutely stunning. Work on those. Their dragons are particularly cute. Mm. Um, but because because I'm me, I haven't gone for any big creatures. Uh, instead, <laughs> I decided to go for one of the characters. So this is the aforementioned Necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, Necromancer against Vampire, I think it is. So you've got this, I would say, gentleman here um, in very ornate armor mm-hmm. coming down the hill right at you. Very World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Gary Oldman Dracula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not obviously Bumhead Dracula. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dracula. For the Bumhead, for the Dark Times. But it's just so much dynamism in the the sculpt, the big flowing so. cloak there. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful looking character piece. Yeah, the yeah. diorama he's coming screaming down a much taller hill at mm. something. I wonder if it's just the parts of the SDL you get, or if they do it pre-support it. Because you see that cloak he has. That's it is. It is. It is pre-supported. pre-supported. Oh right. <laughs> Sorry, my microphone was in my way. I didn't see it. <laughs> no, there are some components like that that are huge and flowing that they take a bit of skill just to lay out on the bed properly. So, pretty supportive. Thank you kindly. John says, oh. wrong. John says they're really easy and they just don't listen to anything you say. And it's simple. No, it's because John's out. a god of 3D printing. Yes, yes. No, no, it's, it's because John is printing simple shapes and not trying to do oh, like yeah. six inch wow. long banners in resin. The shade. Oh, the shade. Very harsh. Well, he'll yeah. be here on Sunday. So, we'll <laughs> ask him. Um, but this one I picked out. There's a few Celestials, and oh. most of them are standing on the ground with their wings up, like mm. angels often are, where there's a seraphim with multiple, multiple wings. Mm. Um, no crazy eyeball that. wheel thing, but this one really struck me because of how it looks and how it's um, sculpted and supported. Mm. Uh, I just I absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful work. Wow. I love all the detail on those, the feathers. It's, it's just stunning. Mm-hmm. It's amazing work. 
Looks like somebody yeah. sprayed that with the uh, metallic. Have, yeah, yeah, and they've had a, a little bit of a a not perfect thing happening on. See one of the horns there? Something came out a little wrong. Maybe they were running low on resin and retopped up. Oh, possibly. <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's a feature. It's nice to see that some examples of the finished there. sculpt yeah. as well. But uh... yeah, but th this looks to be ones that people have just printed out and sent the the pictures in for. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see that from folks because it's yeah. it's nice. It's all well and good seeing a three D render or seeing something done by someone who knows the exact precise settings. Oh, oh my oh, god! Wow, old feather wings. <sighs> yep. Well, that's that's uh, that's really easy. To wow. Do. I imagine that's just. Striped contrast paint. Isn't that you just use an airbrush for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah. A tin of a tin of feather paint. A tin of feather paint on your goose. Huh? Uh, yeah. If you want, I'll I'll see you a tin of tartan. <laughs> He's wow. turned that into some sort of terrible evil demonic thing with giant eyeballs. Yes. He has yeah. fallen angel. That's Perfect. stunning, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Oh god! Away from there. Mm. there I like more. Yeah. Traditional fantasy, shall we say? Mm -hmm. The thing I, I really like about these, and I, I used to talk about it quite a lot with miniatures, especially a lot of the stuff that came out of Mace, is the idea that they really play around with the detail in musculature mm. to create dynamism. So even though the miniature is relatively static, mm. well, obviously it is a miniature, but you get the sense of the twist of the mo of the model. Mm. And it's about to bring that weapon round, kind of thing. Like it, it looks angry and ferocious, even though in essence it's standing there. It's not got its like club raised over its head yeah. or anything, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, but it, it goes right down to that that texture they've put down on the skin to show yeah. that. Yeah, and the shifting belly, how it's not like completely straight now. Yeah, it looks like there is weight moving in the sculpt, which is really mm. nice to see. Very and cool. Just the the toes curling around the bit of broken mm -hmm. decking or board or whatever it's on at yeah. the bottom mm -hmm. so it's not oh. just flat-footed so yeah. on the piece mm. yeah clearly that someone has been transporting that on a ship and it has got out and just went yeah no you're not selling <laughs> me to a gladiatorial pit in the deep south yeah maybe i'd like to think he's the captain <laughs> <laughs> oh. dragons are always cool very dark souls mm. very nice loads of detail it's a shame there's not additional detail in the actual wing membrane, but otherwise I, I quite like that. But, this may be one yeah. of his earlier ones. I do like the way he's done the, the thinning all the way down the tail. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Because normally that would just be like a ridge of spikes and they wouldn't do the stuff along the tail, would they then? But that's really good. I like the scale detail in particular. I think that'll come out really nicely with wash and, mm -hmm. and, and very like heavy highlights to mm -hmm. just like along the, the full length of the scales hmm. just to bring them up from the, the darker tones underneath and that'd be really cool to paint how long before archaeologists discover that uh dragons were actually feathered like dinosaurs i was yeah. a feathered dragon I, mean, I, I have seen someone do a feathered dragon before somewhere i think this was one of my favorite ones mm. talking of feathered feathered things <laughs> dinosaurs were feathered mm. uh, but yeah i really like this this kind of like t-rex apex predator thing it just looks fantastic I, 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 I am always won over by massive dinosaurs and I'm so glad that they do it without the rider as well. <laughs> but this is, this is only one of a host of dinosaurs yeah, that are yeah. available in a 10, or what was it, 100,000 BC style um, range <sighs> so you can have your triceratops and, and all sorts. Yeah. 
a little more fantastical with the unusual sort of spiky ridges and scales. And the layers of teeth and that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. If I was going to use this in a game, the drowned earth would be perfect. Mm, yeah. Just you do some house rules for a, a giant T-Rex dino coming after you. Yeah, a rampaging apex predator hunting you down. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do like giant hunting, but with giant mm-hmm. dinos. That would be, oh my God, that needs to happen. What? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I picked this one. I really like the sleeping dragon. Just like has had enough running around doing stuff for the day. I am going to sleep. And it's got a saddle on it, which is quite cool. It's the weird... I'm not sure how you would put it. My God, that's a long, long wingspan. Surely that would fold up. It would be more comfortable if you were folded up. Anyway. Maybe he's just stretching. It's the architecture around it. That's yeah. sort of curling around with these odd, shall we say, yeah. big Almost, almost like things. ancestor things. Uh, yeah. Some kind of terracotta masks or sculptures or something, maybe. Yeah. It's like a guardian of a shrine, which I think is really nice. Mm. Yeah. Because not all dragons need to be evil. So, yeah. Well, I mean, this one's clearly domesticated. He's got they, a saddle on. They don't yeah. need to be evil, but they are. <laughs> this oh. I thought was cute. I thought this was just such a cute thing when I saw it. Twins from egg. egg. Yeah. Twins in a single dragon egg. Or just one having a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I like the goo effect that this person has done on it. That's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. It's or the kind of thing you might see done for like. Easter, I think that'd be mm, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that one's not going to survive. Why? Well, the whole point of a yolk is that the animal inside the egg eats the yolk to nourish mm, it and sustain it and true. help it build up. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that egg is still so full of yolk means that somebody's found that and wed uh, lunch. Uh, <laughs> I'm having this. So the story's now sad. It's a delicacy <laughs> in some places. Yeah, so some kind Dragon of eggs. Yeah. horrible orc has came along and went, what's this? Food rock. <laughs> you, know, you say horrible orc, I say elf, we are inter- 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 elf delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's only the highborn get to eat the choicest. It's like... Um, the unborn yeah. dragon younglings. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the uh, swallow, yeah. swallow chocolates. Yeah, do, do, do they have to like wear a blindfold to eat it? Oh, I know you just put your head under uh, a little napkin so that people can't see you munching the bones. <laughs> I disturb I, everybody else at the table. I really like these because they kind of cross that line between fantasy and sci-fi. Because mm-hmm. obviously it's got the fantasy thing in there because mm-hmm. they're dra- hunting dragons, but there's no reason that dragons can't be in a sci-fi world. Uh, but I just love the idea that these could be like constructs that have been crafted by like artificers or left behind by maybe an advanced civilization that then sort of fell into dis disrepair and, and and ruin and then has been refound by adventurers later on down the line mm. uh and it's kind of like uh maybe you meet some of them in your in your journeys and they're like either entirely hostile to you or maybe they want to try and make friends with you and all that kind of thing as well but, mm. but yeah so uh, would you paint stunning. them up like all vertigreed and stuff i think that would be amazing mm. or like with with like plant life growing out from some of the bits and pieces on this oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah or you could just fun. spray them silver and set them after wolverine <laughs> yes, you could also do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's caught up with me. Well done for that one. <laughs> Good thinking. Mm-hmm. And then because I love the <laughs> I had to have a hound of Tiberius. <laughs> it's all about the hounds. They are very cool. <laughs> they are. Anything that comes out of dimensions. 
mm-hmm. eats people and then disappears again is always good. Mm-hmm. And again, an interesting one that could be could fit into multiple genres of game. Like obviously we talked about like fantasy, but also it could be something pulpy, as we say. Yeah. Or sci-fi as well. Straight yeah. into the Cthulhu. Set them on I everyone. Mean, if if you wanted to homebrew some Stranger Things rules. Yeah. And yeah. play a, a group of kids with this thing chasing them down. Yep, that would be terrifying. Uh, through the but, local yeah. neighborhood. Great <laughs> horror piece. You would, you would just do it as a race game. Mm-hmm. Just see who gets to escape from the hound. Mm-hmm. Uh, last yeah. one eaten wins. I'm not saying that you know they're, they're going to all survive. I'm going to yeah. say none of them are surviving. But there's a whole host in here above and beyond what we've looked at from various Oni to uh, Jormungar, either Storm eating oh. or attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storm giants and somewhere down here we'll see things like there we go interesting take on the succubi mm-hmm. without having the bat wings just having a, like a skeletal wing structure as well mm-hmm. one oh, one thing fabulous. one thing that i think of these would be really good for just to sort of like close out is um uh obviously rain in hell was that game that came out from adam loper from yeah. uh, i think that would be very cool to see done with some of these miniatures because imagine maybe those as like celestial guardians that are sent down into hell to fight the demons, mm-hmm. or maybe you have a lot of the demons from this collection used to kind of like bulk up your forces alongside some like blood letters and stuff from normal one forty thousand things. I think that could be very awesome and create like an almost dark siders style approach mm-hmm. to rain in hell, which would be nice. So yeah, yeah. make fantastic marionettes and phantoms oh, for uh, astrians oh, for dead. They are so mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> It's probably a good idea that John isn't on this because he would have yeah. been ordering these. Oh no! Trust, trust me, I've I've had a peek at his hobby time for this week. You will be surprised. Oh, oh. Ooh. teasing a little bit. But there we are, Lord of the Print, mm-hmm. also available on Patreon. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you can either go and buy the STLs as it stands already from them, uh, or you can go and get a head start and pick up stuff a month or two in advance. Mm-hmm. And go and pick up some of their miniatures, including those astronomically good dragons, as you see there. Um, uh, oh my god, it's so gorgeous! <laughs> Look at him! Look how happy he is rising oh. from Ryla. Always happy to have a rise. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, Lord of the Print. Uh, make sure you go and check those guys out over on my mini factory or Patreon, and have fun three D printing away on those through the dark. Dark months of autumn and winter. <laughs> it's just way to do it. Just set everything printing over the winter, and then you can prime it in the spring and paint it in the and summer. You don't need to turn your, your central heating on because all the three D printers you'll have running will keep you warm. That's good. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all of the fumes from the resin, you won't care what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. It's just such a buzz. It's amazing. <laughs> Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. So moving off 3D printing and having a look at some... Are you still laughing at me? Uh, Having a look at some of the Kickstarters that have been uh interesting us this week. Um, We -hmm. had a look at He-Man recently from Archon, who were only doing it for people in Europe. Now for people what aren't in Europe, cool mini or not. In the negative zone, uh, we have... There is another. Yeah, so the Masters of the Universe, the board game, Clash for Eternia, 
what a long title that is, uh, is the new uh, board game from the folks at Simon. Uh, so the cool stuff behind this particular game uh, is that whilst uh, the Archon game was very much focused on the idea of you exploring uh, and telling to like stories and narrative within Eternia and stuff using the He-Man properties and the heroes and villains from that, this is very much more of a uh, sort of like skirmish clash on the tabletop. Um, what you do is that it's a, a one versus many or all versus the game style cooperative affair where um, the players will take on either the role of Skeletor and some of his villainous minions or He-Man and the Master of the Universe striking to take down Skeletor and send him back to another dimension. That's a different cartoon show. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if if Mattel required anybody making a board game of He-Man to do the most vomit-inducing videos to go with them. I can none of them focus for more than a fraction of a second before they immediately have to spin the camera around again. Because that's I'm not dynamism. watching anymore. It's, it's because you need to feel the speed. Quite a lot there, but, uh, but you know. yeah. um, so oh, as you, you need to see, feel the speed of the gameplay. Yeah. So this is a one to five player game. Uh, mm-hmm. Can also be played by fourteen and up. Although I'm sure you could bring in younger players. But as I was saying, uh, it, because it's a Simon game. It is mm-hmm. packed full of plastic miniatures for all the different heroes and also the evil warriors as well. So not only do you get miniatures for He-Man and Teela and Manatarms, but you also get loads of stuff for all the kind of weird and crazy villains that were created Mm. uh, for the Masters of the Universe as well. So if you're a massive fan and you love your nostalgia, this is probably going to tick some boxes for you, I would imagine. Um, Just to kind of like, oh, go on, just... You get the king. You do. You can get King Randor as well, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just to, and we'll come back to Castle Grayskull later, but mm-hmm. to give you an idea of the gameplay itself, as I was saying, um, you have the two sides, either one is cr- uh, run by the game itself or by another person. Uh, and then the game plays out as a proper little skirmishing battle game on the tabletop, uh, where you'll have almost like, uh, if anyone remembers uh, Conan and the, the Batman game from Monolith, where you had mm-hmm. the almost river that you laid out in front of you, you have a kind of uh, board that controls where all the initiative cards go, and you'll flip through those, and you'll activate on your turns using power to activate abilities and defeat your foes. Um, it's all going to be scenario-based, so it's not just a, a clash to see who kills the other person and wipes them off the board. Uh, it'll actually have uh, I think it, I think they said they've got like I think it was over, around ten, maybe a few more scenarios within the core rulebook when it finally comes out, which will allow you to dive in and start playing the game and play through very specific scenarios. Like we need to defend Grayskull, that happens every week, He Man, uh, <laughs> or go and help Moss Man before he gets destroyed by Skeletor's evil minions and that kind of Creature's thing. Creature's gone missing. Let's go find him. Exactly, yeah. So it's not just going to be uh, an all out and out clout fest, which is pretty cool. Um, the, uh, as I say, uh, you've got that cooperative mode in there as well. So if you don't want to be facing off against one individual, you can have it so that you just play uh, against the game itself, which I think is pretty nice. And there's a whole section of the rulebook dedicated to how that works and how units move and all that kind of thing. So they've definitely put in the time and effort to try and make this a game that has multiple facets to it. Um, as, as Jerry was saying, uh, this is only available... Well, <laughs> this is just not available to, the, to Europe. So if you live over here, unfortunately... You're not in luck unless you have some lovely American friends. Well, hang on, uh, hang on. We're in the UK. Yeah, I think they count. Yeah, no, there's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the, the, the yeah. key is continental Europe uh, and not economic yeah. area Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but 
uh, in addition to that. Um, obviously, there are many, many stretch goals and all sorts mm. of different things they've worked into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the core box itself comes absolutely laden with miniatures, as you mm-hmm. can see there for all the different heroes. I, I I have a soft spot for Trapjaw. I just think he's such a weird guy. <laughs> it's, he's great. I like Trapjaw. I don't know. For me, I always like many faces because he has many faces. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's self-explanatory when it's got it's, it's got to be self-explanatory when it's written on the written on the toy box. So yeah. Um, but um, as well as uh, doing all the components that you see here, they've actually got some additional bits and pieces as add-ons um, for people that want them. Uh, or also, you can buy it as a separate player option instead, which comes with all the, the main rule and everything as well. Um, so you can actually get a entirely plastic castle gray skull as you see here mm-hmm. so it's basically like having the toy <laughs> uh, and they also have got some sort of raised sections as well so you know when you lay out the terrain and stuff as you see here mm-hmm. you can evolve that and turn it up uh, into uh, you know you see the actual massive castle gray skull and all of the uh, associated sort of like hills and raised areas as well so it kind of creates things uh, in a little bit more of like a 2.5D space, which I think is good. Yeah, I think um, they, they've missed a trick here. They could have made Castle Grey Skull a dice tower. Get your Dremel out and start going for it, I say. <laughs> uh, but oh, the trapdoor does lower, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> for no reason, <laughs> but it lowers. <laughs> it's because it makes it more toyatic. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make <laughs> Castle Grey Skull talk. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, but yeah. Uh, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, the rules are available for you to go and check out if you want to dive in and look at it in more detail. Bonus. There's also a, um, uh, I think it's like a 10, 15 minute video looking over the rules and trying to teach you how to play. I must say, I watched the video. Admittedly, I was doing it quite half-heartedly, hmm. but I watched the video and by the end of it, I was like, okay. Uh, and I did have to then go and look at the rule book to try and learn a little bit more about the sort of minutiae of it. But there is like a lot of depth, I think, to the, like, the way the power is used and that kind of thing and the strategies mm. involved with that. So it's not a game that's kind of like a little bit of a throwaway. Well, we hope anyway. Mm. Uh, but um looks pretty cool uh, and a good option for those out there that want to uh, dive in. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they want to dive in and uh, play some fun stuff uh, in uh, the Master of the Universe and, and Eternia. In the US, of course, mm-hmm. or around the world. But yeah, there you go. funky stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two weeks left on that. Yep. So there's about 14 days left on that from when you're seeing this. So go and check it out. See what you think. Uh, be very cool to hear what it, uh, what you folks who are very much tugged towards things by nostalgia think of this. Uh, so yeah. Do you like it? Do you like the art? Jerry doesn't, but do, do. you like the art? <laughs> yeah, the art looks, in my opinion, it does look a bit weird. Done by a teenager who really likes. <laughs> copying stuff out of annuals that they used to have. There's just something slightly off about nearly yes. every picture, like a slight foreshortening of some of the arms, or maybe their hands are a bit too long. Man at arm's face, I can't decide if his nose is too small or his chin is too big, but there's something weird with the mm-hmm. way they've drawn him in that side-on picture. Oh, dear. Just everything is just slightly, eh, what, what's going on there? I don't know, maybe Mattel went, look, you can't. You've got to make every picture just slightly wrong mm-hmm. for copyright reasons. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. Mm. But yes, um, so that's one for you to go and check out. But we also have uh, a much, much smaller project. Uh, So this is from the Guild Ball Community Project. Uh, And so many folks will know, I think it was, was it last year or the year before that, uh, Steamforged um, kind of ended their support Mm. of Guild Ball. Mm -hmm. Well, 
the Guild Ball Community Project uh, stepped in. Well, there you go, see, formed in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, uh, and as volunteers, started to work to um, kind of keep the game going. And they've been sort of routinely updating it and holding tournaments and all different sorts of things. And it kind of shows that even though a game might not be supported by the developer, as we've always said, the community can come in and save it mm-hmm. uh, from being lost to the mists of time. Mm-hmm. Well, there were plenty of minor guilds that didn't get their time in the sun, as it were. And so that's where the Guild Ball Community Project stepped in. And they've uh, worked together with artists and um, 3D sculptors to create the Lamplighters team for use in your fantasy football games, one of which might be Guild Ball. <laughs> uh, so uh, as part of this, they were offering both STL digital files and also um, physical rewards, but all of their physical rewards have sold out as of yeah, as of now on the Kickstarter. But you are still available, able to, obviously, go and get the infinitely available STL files to use uh, to print off your own version of the lamplighters. Um, I was particularly taken by this because, obviously, I like the idea that they've really thought about like the look and feel and the mm. aesthetic of, of Guild Ball and tried to make the miniatures fit that whilst yeah. being slightly different in some ways as well. So you've still got a lot of those kind of heroic proportions in there and stuff and a little bit larger than life, which I think is really nice as well. Uh, and I like that all the characters have got names that are linked to what they do. So you've got like Wick, as we saw earlier, which was really cool. Um, but as well as doing um, the miniatures uh, for the team, they've also done some sort of side bits and pieces as well. So you have lots of these different miniatures that you see here that they've been working on behind the scenes for the community and stuff, which is really nice. They've also worked to create all the tokens as well. Um, so when you dive in and you pick up this team, albeit in digital form, you'll be able to use it on the tabletop with everything that you would normally associate with a team from Guild Ball uh-huh. created by the likes of Steamforge, which I think is really nice. And uh, yeah, they've, they've done really well. They've managed to fund their project. They've unlocked loads of extra pieces, as you can see here. And uh, it all seems very awesome. It's very uh-huh. cool to, to see uh, a team come back to life from a game that uh, has somewhat left the focus of many people's um, vision as it were yeah it shows there's the thirst in the community as well to continue not just playing the game but mm-hmm. developing and expanding yeah. the game as well mm-hmm. yeah i'm assuming some sort of brewers-esque type people crushing mm-hmm. graves uh but yeah i like the avengers guild if the if the initial stl render uh, well, the initial render is anything to go by. I think they look great. I really like the sort of quirky artwork they've done for it mm. as well. It kind of reminds me almost like of Pratchett-esque stuff, which I really like. Yeah. That sort of slightly comedic side to things, which I think is always nice to see. I'm very uh, curious to see what the, the rules are like, because whenever it's a company doing it, there's a very clear vision of what they want to do rules-wise. But now that it's a, a fan project, it's very, very you know open as to what they could do for the characters yeah well i I would imagine uh it's worth going to check them out on things like social media and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, if i if i manage to grab some links and things i'll put them down in the uh the show notes so that if you are someone who was like i thought gilball was dead uh then you can go and check out all this stuff and and see what you think of it so yeah Yeah, nice stunning stuff and there are 22 days left 22 days Uh, Mm -hmm. already funded they had a very low goal so hopefully a bit more funding will help them uh, keep the Guild Ball fantasy football ruling. Mm-hmm. But that wraps us up for another week. We will return once again 
on Friday. But if you fancy joining us on Sunday morning for the XLBS, uh, you can come over to on tabletop.com, join our cult of games, and you can get a 30-day free trial if you're not already a member and see what we get up to on a Sunday. It's generally more of the waffling with less <laughs> of the page opening in between. Um, but until then, we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.